Hello, and welcome to the Saladcast. On Sunday, the 3rd of April, 2022, I'm your host, Dan Train. Joining me today, Zachary Burgess. I'm ready this time. <laughs> and Robert Kemp. Blur. <laughs> okay, had, had to fill the gap. <laughs> the blur gap. You're ready this time? Yeah. When were you not ready? Last time. Yeah, I remember, <laughs> last, <laughs> remember last podcast where it was like, started with a sort of... Oh, yeah. Blur. <laughs> <laughs> Right. I thought that listeners might think that we'd just done a bad take and we had to redo it, but we didn't. <laughs> well, that, <laughs> been, that should have been last time. <laughs> last right, time yeah, was a bad take that we should have redone. Nah. <laughs> keep it in. But we just don't keep do it that. in. No, we don't do that. Except do in very, very rare situations. We do it live. Yeah. We're ready. <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to think, like, over the entire history of the salad cast how many edits have i actually had to make not that many yeah like two well i mean real edits uh, not like fixing general not, audio quality yeah 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 not, not, <laughs> like like straight up straight up proper edits as opposed to like uh yeah yeah fuzziness or you've had to cut some stuff together when technical problems have yeah yeah maybe like cropped four. up i <laughs> don't know if I'm really counting technical ones, but ones where we've actually had to edit something because we said something and it's just like, you know what, let's not have that. <laughs> like a proper edit, you know. Yeah. Yeah. An editorial edit as opposed to a technical edit. Yes. Uncommon and uh, probably unnecessary, <laughs> even in the cases when we did it. Oh, probably. Yeah. But still, good to, good to be sure. To be sure, to be sure. To be sure. What's happening, yeah? Oh. Did you uh, celebrate uh, St. Patrick's Day? I had my Guinness <laughs> no. the day before, <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> I was a day early for St. Patrick's Day. I don't know if I've ever done anything on St. Patrick's Day, not even accidentally. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you probably have drunk a beer on St. Patrick's Day I mean, accidentally. Possibly, yeah. <laughs> Which if you call that a celebration, I don't, really. know if I've, I don't know if I've ever been out on a St. Patrick's Day. Uh, you like, probably have. It's like a good it, excuse it, just to drink Guinness. Yeah, even in my bar-dwelling days, you know, I don't think that, that I did that. Mm. I think I might have actively avoided it because of well, St. Sure. Patrick's Day. Well, that makes sense. Right, probably. If you're dwelling in a bar, then mm. <laughs> you don't be dwelling there that day. <laughs> yeah. I have it's just true. managed to spill a, a quantity of beer over myself, though, so... <laughs> <laughs> so, so you didn't learn much from the bar-dwelling days? No, it's the, it's the moustache. It's the classic moustache. Like a bit of beer gets in the moustache and then it drips on me, and I'm like, oh yeah, oh the dripping, <laughs> oh yeah, facial hair. I'm not, I haven't got my Mogard on my glass. You see, that's the problem. <laughs> Obviously, my little rubber Tommy Tippy like device. <laughs> see, my na- I'm a quarter Irish, and my name is Danny Boy. Um, but yeah, I've never been there, <laughs> so I don't think <laughs> you've never been to Ireland. <laughs> No, have you been there? Yeah, I've been to Dublin. Yeah, I haven't done a trip to Dublin. I need to do it sometime. You can you can go to the uh, is it the National Gnome Museum? <laughs> Obviously, oh, perfect for you guys. Irish folklore gnomes, right? <laughs> Could they not even manage to make it the International Gnome Museum? Hmm. We come on. <laughs> I mean, how many other countries? Have, I mean, Iceland, obviously. Iceland, yeah, definitely have no, have gnomish traditions. Probably some of the other Scandinavian countries, I yeah, bet. Yeah, possibly. Do you think the Reykjavik National 
no museum is in competition with the Dublin one. Well, I mean, you know, if you're going to have national ones somewhere, there's got to be an international one, right? There's got to be one overarching. Well, is that true? I don't know. I don't yeah. know. Is, is the law different enough, like that they can't they can't blend? Well, it's not. Yeah, but the, the whole point of the international one would be to have like all mm. the different countries' versions alongside each other and like talk about the differences and stuff. Ranking of gnomes. <laughs> Do they do that? What's a national? <laughs> but then, like, the international one could throw in the UK ones as a joke. Like, here are garden gnomes. <laughs> well, yes. I mean, it was the law behind garden gnomes, if such a thing exists. Well, the law behind garden gnomes is we stole the actual, like, the, the old <laughs> version gnomes and made them a bullshit consumerism thing, I guess. Twee. <laughs> made no. them twee. Gnomes are cultural appropriation. Yeah. Gone very wrong. <laughs> What country Tweet. do you reckon was that gnomes cartoon from? It's got to be Scandinavian, gnomes right? cartoon. It looks yeah. very of that style. I don't even remember like that. Like Moomin or whatever. I remember like yeah, Gnomeo and Juliet, but I don't remember the like actual... <laughs> oh, God. Like, you remember that? Why do you remember that? Did uh, you it, wasn't, it? it wasn't long ago that, that, they, no, that Gnome that. showed a friend the sequel or something because yeah. it happened to be on Netflix. They did a new no. version of it and it was still terrible, <laughs> if it's, not more so. And she complains about watching Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> it's sort of okay. You have to uh, like Elton John. It's one of those. Because it's sort of made by his partner, I think. Right. So there's a lot of Elton John in it. I think I'll pass. Like, <laughs> but I, I think I'd be into an international known museum, though. Yeah, but where maybe. would you put it? It would have to be on neutral ground somewhere. Like. <laughs> I mean, it's probably Iceland again. That's where... Yeah. Belgium. Iceland, Iceland is the International <laughs> Penis Museum, right? That's their one. <laughs> no, that's in Amsterdam, isn't it? Is it? I thought there was one I in Iceland was... as well. Oh, Amsterdam's probably no, maybe some sort Well, maybe that, maybe that is the international one, one, and then yeah, yeah, the other okay. national one is... <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, maybe I'm thinking of the Sex Museum. Yeah, there's definitely something oh, yeah, there. That... But that has a giant, like, obviously, well, obviously. <laughs> like, <laughs> giant, giant plastic knobs. I'm sure there's quite a few establishments across the globe that are knobtastic. <laughs> Speaking Maybe. of moving, because that just reminded me of something. Well, I mean, my mum is hopefully not in the context of knob testing. No. <laughs> yeah. I'm going segueing back a bit further than that. Back, yeah. My mum is uh, quite a fan of the moving stuff. Oh, really? A moving fan. Which I, I, I mean, I guess I watched quite a lot of it when I was a child. I'm not sure if that was related or whether that was just it happened to be on TV at some point. Yeah, I kind of haven't. <laughs> like, I don't know if I've ever really properly... I can't really remember properly watching it. But we've got some of the books, right? Mm. The actual books in our house. And I was looking at them. And there's one that I that I just like... I looked at it and was like, okay. But it's like Comet in Moomin Land or whatever. So it's like there's a picture on the front and there's like a comet and they're like running away. And I was like, well, hang on a minute. Because now the, the implication of this picture is looking a bit apocalyptic, right? Mm, <laughs> I was right. like, hang on a sec. So then I actually started reading it. And it, it really does sort of verge towards the apocalypse where they're like, they're actually worried about this comet that's going to crash into the planet oh. and fuck everything up. Oh. And I'm like, this is weird. Dark Classic moments. children's stories. Yeah. Like, and, and, you know, a... a gigantic disaster that you can't possibly avoid and <laughs> like barely even understand what the hell is even going yeah. on it's yeah. like if Zack Snyder did the movements and the thing is I never actually finished reading that book which is probably not helpful for this conversation but I got to the bit where they eventually <laughs> they eventually make it to 
like an, a, a like an astronomical observatory because mm-hmm. they want to go and see some astronomers to find out what the fuck's going on, see if it's actually in, if, see if the whole world is actually in danger or whatever. I wonder if the writers of Moonfall saw this. <laughs> but then, like the last bit, the I writers remember of fucking don't look up. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> the, the last bit of this this scene that I remember reading is as they're approaching the observatory, they're like, "Oh, we must be we must be going on the, along the right path because there's all these cigarette butts on the ground from the astronomers smoking all the time." <laughs> and I'm right, like, "Well, they're this, so concerned. This, this book <laughs> yeah. is like very of its age, I guess." <laughs> Do you think they, they, they're smoking more than normal because they know the world's going to end? Yeah, maybe. A weird topic for a children's story, and then we've got these weird smoking astronomers as well. <laughs> you just like, can't stop smoking all the time. It's the international language of stress, don't you know? Yeah, I mean, I guess, at the time. <laughs> but now, now I'm wondering whether that is like a modern moving book that's just meant to look like, you know, it's meant to oh, right. be like the old ones. Sort of drawn in the old style. But... Yeah. Because there are, I mean, the other kind of books that my mum collects are like, she likes those parody Ladybird books where it's like the, oh, the old <laughs> yes. classic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are funny though. Yeah. So yeah. I, I'm like, is this a moving parody book? I don't think it is. <laughs> I think it's just, that's just weirdly in one of the stories. I think I got given like a guide to, being a husband, something like the the, the Ladybird book of being a husband. Yeah, <laughs> which classic you know, is probably like go to the shed. <laughs> probably one, one of the things it says. I imagine spend at least ten hours a day in the shed. Yeah, you don't have to come up with anything productive. Just <laughs> just stay in there. Just be in there doing bad things. Yep, exactly. Or pretending to do bad things yeah. at least. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, the room that you guys are in right now is like equivalent. This is this, <laughs> yes, is, this is the modern. This is my modern man shed. It's not, there's not yeah. that much wood in it, I suppose, unless you count the, the, the huge sort of, table the that desk. takes up two thirds, well, one third of the room. Yeah, by, one third of the by floor, surface I area. <laughs> Did I complain about "Don't Look Up"? Did we talk about that? No, we didn't at talk all. about "Don't Look um, Up." Oh man, it was nominated for like best picture. Was it ridiculous. Really? It's fucking I, terrible. Yeah, because I. I, I thought the sentiment at least on twitter was that was not good around no that thing. well it was very divisive i suppose and uh, um and it's like audience you know it's one of those ones where it's like critics hated it audiences loved it or something right uh, um and so um which happens I, I, I get it yeah fine but i was watching it with ho and cat because we just looking for something funny or whatever and i'd heard people that i'd literally had it recommended to, to me and like, I had to turn it off. It was so bad. Literally, <laughs> really? couldn't make it through. Yeah, it was embarrassing. It was terrible. <laughs> like, I, like, yeah, I might have to um, pull the plug on. Like, a mate of mine said, oh, "I'm going to go see Morbius like tomorrow night." Oh right, and I'm oh, like, God. I've seen the memes. Right, exactly. I, like, I'm basing this entirely on Jared Leto memes. That perhaps I shouldn't spend money on this. It's like, yeah, exactly. There's the money aspect, but then it's like. Like, honestly, very few films are bad enough that they're fun to watch because they're bad. Like, it's quite not, you know, the room. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's but not even, are... like, MCU. Like, like it's that sort of weird Spider-Man spin-off universe that Sony have got going. Like, the Venom side of things. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, I think it's tied into that. So it's not even MCU. So it's like, it can be forgiven for being bad because it's not like, it's not like MCU has had a bad oh, movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, yes, we're, we're okay. We're okay, guys. But, but I mean, did you watch, like, freaking Venom and stuff like that? No, no, I've not seen any. No. Oh, okay. Well, um, 
did you see you know oh did we talk did you see spider-man in the end no i'm still still out on that one i know it's come up for rental on services but like i'm a bit of me hoping well that means it's probably not far away from not being on rental and uh could potentially be watchable yeah definitely see that one over over yeah yeah, yeah. Um, but it's i I still haven't seen eternals so i'm a little bit behind on mcu oh me either i don't know if i've got i've got disney plus so i could watch eternals whenever i like but i can't be bothered yeah i know (laughs) i know it's supposed to be one of the slightly ropier mcu projects Uh, i'm sure it's probably fine yeah that's that's what i mean it's probably enjoyable but like yeah it's not i think it's on sort of black widow level right where they said like neither of these are really important so I would probably go back and not watch Black, Black Widow. Rewind time and, <laughs> unwa- and not. unwatch it. Although it was kind of fun just for, um, because, um, you know, Adam and Joe, like uh, I used to listen to their um, radio show and they used to make fun out of uh, uh, people doing bad accents in movies. And they, mm. and one classic one at the time when their radio show was on was Ray Winston uh, trying to do an American <laughs> accent, right. which was ridiculous. And in Black Media, Widow, he's trying, he's, sort of not trying to do a russian accent like he, <laughs> he, he sort of every single line he says it just goes straight back to the east back end like at the end <laughs> exactly so it's got me at the end and it's just it was it it's almost worth watching and and think about black widow is like florence Pugh has a lot of charm like uh and and uh the other guy the guy from stranger things like they they're, they're good it's good casting it's just not good like you know script and story and all right. that stuff um uh but yeah D- but good casting apart from maybe don't cast ray winston as a russian <laughs> that's ridiculous no, yeah, um, he's just one of those but, people we can't really cast him as anything other than a cockney yeah. wide boy <laughs> he's out i mean he's great as a, i love him as a cockney wide boy yeah. like uh, like freaking uh, what's the film i've got, I've got no uh, beef with ray winston but like yeah probably because he'd have me right like <laughs> yeah oh yeah have you seen Sexy Beast? Yeah. That's an ama- amazing film. film. So good. Yeah, definitely watch Sexy Beast. Don't watch um, uh, Black Widow. <laughs> One it's or quite, the other. It's quite, it's quite a different thing, isn't it? <laughs> no, 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 no. Did you see the, 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 the remake of The Sweeney with him uh, and Plan B? No, but that sounds good. <laughs> Is it I mean, bad? It's, it's not great. It's clearly made on a budget. You know that episode yeah. of Top Gear. Well, you probably don't watch Top Gear, but like back no. in the back in the um, like uh, Clarkson days, where they did like let's do a let's do a, let's try and make a film car chase, and they do it in this caravan lot right. and something. That's literally a scene from the Sweeney that they hijacked to to make their dumb Top Gear thing. Scene from the original Sweeney. No, no, no. The um, oh, the remake oh, film. Like they they literally just like hijacked their filming of the Sweeney to make a Top Gear segment. Oh, I see. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Probably had more budget for Top Gear than they did for the mm. film. <laughs> probably. It's probably how the car chase got made, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Shared budget. Mm. I never watched the Sweeney. I, I watched... I, mean, like, I know the theme tune. That's about as far as my knowledge goes. Yeah, because it's the same guy, right, when he was younger, obviously, as Inspector Morse, right? Mm. He's the... He's the, he's the Sweeney Todd Flying Squad, right? And it was all much more like, uh, you know, violent. <laughs> 1970s. Yeah. I, I think it was like what Life of Mars was like referring to. Right, 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 right. Life on Mars, sorry. Yeah. Uh, but even Life on Mars is now like 20 years old or something. Yeah, I know. I didn't, yeah. I didn't watch that one. I skipped straight to Ashes to Ashes. And, uh... Yeah, because Ashes to Ashes was the 80s one, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, sort of late 70s. Yeah, kind of, yeah. Kind of afterwards. Which is also great. Um, yeah. 
and weird. It ends very weird. I love it. Um, mm. Oh yeah, because it was all kind of had a meta framing narrative, uh-huh. didn't it? Or, yep. Time travel and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, anyway look, long long sidetrack aside. Don't watch. Don't look up. Okay. Uh, also, maybe don't watch Black Widow. We watched. Um, Do watch of stuff. Beast. We, speaking of stuff, we did watch and is an okay time. Noam and I watched Death on the Nile last night. Oh really? Because uh, it's an okay time. I mean, it's a tropey as hell murder mystery, but it's fine. It's it. Yeah, it's all right. The thing exactly about that like, is that like some of the cast have been horrifically cancelled, right, uh-huh. <laughs> in between filming and and release. Yeah, you you may notice that Army Hammer is not in uh, any of the promotional material. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, but and even yeah, Letitia Wright said something. No, she didn't like. Oh, did she? she didn't. She didn't eat anyone. But <laughs> <laughs> I, I think she said something uh, not cool. Hmm. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, that was a while back, but yes, yeah. Um, can't really remember. There's so much of it now. Can't really remember. Yeah. Had you seen Murder on the Orient Express? Then? I had. Yeah, the, and I think I came okay. away with the same sort of opinion of that, and that it's like it's it's all right. It's a it's a yeah. well made version of this. No real surprises. Exactly. Um, I mean, there are a lot of versions of those both of those yeah, stories, yeah, yeah, right? Uh, but I didn't. <laughs> yeah. I, I honestly hadn't watched any of them until mm. these, so it's like the, at least the mystery aspect was still a little fresh for me. But like, I imagine if oh, you're really? going into it like, or you know, knowing the outcome, then it's like, oh, well, this is <laughs> that must be, it must be really kind of tedious going into watching something like that. Like, you can only did really you not watch know one of those once really? Surely, did you not know who done it for Murder on the Orient Express? Because that's that's very famous. Isn't oh it? no, I didn't and didn't until I saw it. So it's. Mm. That's cool. Really, I can't you'd hope that eventually, the for the number of times that story gets remade, then they'd start doing twists. But that's the risk, of course. It is the risk that the, the twist <laughs> is bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you try it. and change the original story and you just make it worse, then everyone's going to shit on you real good. But then, even if you change it at all, those people who are the, the mega fans for some reason are going to going to be annoyed. Well, obviously, like, why did you change the class? That's, that's a smaller subset. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You can you can do it, it well for sure, but it's uh, it's yeah, it's a risk. It seems like these ones are pretty faithful. Oh, absolutely! Like yeah, yeah, and it's just basically like how much moustache can we have on screen? <laughs> as as much as you want. I love it. Maximum face. Max tash. It's a, it's an enviable tash. So sculpted. It's like a double tash. It's two layered. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's impressive. Yes, yeah, so we watched that. We also finished off um, Boba Fett. Oh yeah. What did you think of the when it turned into the other show? I mean, uh yeah, when it's when it's Mando for a bit, it's good stuff, right? It's, it's real back, good. Yeah. yeah. It's back to being Mando, but like It's noticeable that, the contrast of like, oh, this was really good. Yeah. The uh that ending's ropey though, isn't it? Like the end, oh, of, the well end, of, the end of the season's a bit funky. Oh, man. The wor- I mean, it would be forgivable if they hadn't like shoehorned in important Mando stuff into the middle of that sequence. Yeah. Like what? I didn't get that. Yeah. It was exhausting to watch. Like he doesn't know how to direct action, so it was just like no, it clearly not. And also, like I was getting strained by an obscene amount of uh, stock sound effect usage. Right. Like all the classic robot noises oh, they yeah. could have found. Like, the, you know, I'm about to try and demo it, but like, there's this one in particular of like, sort of like servos moving or something. It just goes, 
sort of like that sort of noise like that's like right. such a classic like robot yeah. stock sound effect and they use that quite a lot and, it's, and I'm just like no god you're Star Wars man you invent these sound effects unless that like, these stock sounds came from Star Wars originally which would be like kind of weird um, but it's like you guys should be making sounds not just yeah. cribbing them and it it came across as quite cheap like in a weirdly expensive way if that makes sense like it's a, a clearly got budget yeah, for but sure. also didn't really work um, I wasn't into the the. it was way too long the sequence with the destroyer with the droid things also why would you like you had a okay mild spoilers boba fett has a moment where he goes for he disappears from the fight to go get something right and he comes he comes (laughs) back with a rancor and i'm thinking like might have been better to bring your gunship you went all the way back (laughs) and you brought the rancor and not your gunship (laughs) you could have brought some like the gunship would have just ended that whole thing yeah, I suppose I don't. Well, they, they, I don't want to defend it, but they, I guess he was like didn't want to destroy the town that he was dominating. But I guess no, if you bring like, a rancor, you're gonna do, you're gonna do some damage. Well, no, but then and, and like the gun the gunship's like is pretty accurate, right? And those robots are very not. So it's like also yeah, yeah. how atrocious are those robots? Are aim is like it's the worst like <laughs> example of like the bad guys can't shoot. Um, <sighs> Stormtroopers can't aim right. Yeah, it's even worse. So, yeah, yeah. It was, I was sort of entertaining. Don't get me wrong, but it's like, I'm kind it's just, of, there was something just, just, horrible about the pacing of it. It mm, just didn't like. It was like hard to watch for some reason. I don't know. It's it's just, just, and also, it's like really, really tactically stupid at points. It's like, yeah. okay, we're in this bottleneck, being gunned down by by dudes, and we're all hiding behind this this sort of skiff thing. Like, oh, new people turn up to turn the tide of the battle. What do they do? They immediately get behind the skiff rather than trying to flank <laughs> the bad guys like with the element yeah. of surprise. Like, no, what are you doing? It's like, yeah. it's so yeah. stupid. And like, you're supposed to be Boba Fett. You're supposed to be like, I know, I know. your job and you're awful at it. Boba Fett mainly sucks. Like, yeah. And everyone else has to do everything for him. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I mean, maybe I they know. should have played into that in a slightly more comedic way, and then it would have been a very, <laughs> yeah. very different and probably better show. I don't know. I, don't know. I mean, that would make that would even kind of make the actual Star Wars films make more sense. Where like yeah. the stupid bit in the Jabba fight, where he just gets hit, up with, Han Solo turns around and hits him on the back of a stick by accident, and then he falls in the Sarlacc pit. Mm. That would make make, make, make <laughs> way more sense if the whole leg, like legend of Boba Fett was totally made up, yeah. and he was actually just he sucked and had to have everyone else help him all the time. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of buying into that regardless now. That's just it's. Like even with your the new show. head cannon, yeah, it? absolutely. He's, he's, he's just actually terrible, and like somehow <laughs> bumbles his way into being a crime boss. You know, he's supposed to be cool. He's supposed to be the only one of all those, all those terrifying bounty hunters who can actually clever enough to like track the Millennium Falcon <laughs> and find Cloud City and then get there, get there before them. Even and, like mm. something in yeah, my head he's just supposed went, to be like, he's like some to be kind of genius. Only- my head my head was going he's the only one of the bounty hunters that can actually bount (laughs) (laughs) he couldn't he's the only one who can can bount and possibly hunt (laughs) (laughs) one does bount you dabble in bount so yeah sad sad times I don't think it's not ruined the Mandalorian oh no absolutely uh, not there's um, more Mando coming we know that it's got It's yeah. got a great Scott guy in it, whose name I can never remember. You know, the Doctor from Back to the Future. 
Um, That's him. Yeah, apparently he's been cast in Mando 3. In, in Mando. Mm. Oh, that, that could be good. Okay. And then we've got ridiculous Obi-Wan in between, right? Coming up next, mm. in, in next month or whatever, which is, God knows what that's going to be like. There was a trailer, but it's like, it's like, let's rehabilitate the sequels, sorry, the prequels even further. <laughs> like, and, and pretend they were good, which they weren't. <laughs> yeah. They are getting like actual Ewan McGregor in though, aren't they? Oh yeah, it's Ewan McGregor, yeah. Yeah, yeah so that's, that's something. Yeah, and Hayden Christensen as Darth Vader. Oh my God, really? Yeah, for reals. Okay. I mean, that's less good. <laughs> well, he's probably not going to be in it that much, to be honest. And hopefully he'll be behind a helmet the entire time. Mm. We can only hope. I mean, they managed that in Mando, so... Mm. It's all right. They haven't managed it in Halo, apparently. Not that I'm watching that, but... <laughs> no. I, uh... A friend of mine texted me to say, are you watching this Halo thing? It's like, I haven't really played any of them since Halo 1. What the bloody hell is going on? Right, right. And I'm like, I don't even know. Like, I mean, I can't even really think what's going on in actual Halo half the time anymore. But it's a different continuity, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. They've they've definitely changed it um, quite a bit. But but I think it is, like, from what I can tell, this series is based, you know, is starting in the time of you know, before the fall of Reach or whatever, or whatever, when the Spartans are, like, fighting the insurgents or whatever. Sure, but they're already quite forerunner aware, like, which oh, was, okay. which was, or they find stuff about them, and I think that was, in the actual game series, that's quite downplayed, right, that the forerunners were quite a secret until, until they true. stumbled upon Halo. And that, well, quote-unquote, stumbled upon, mm. which is quite a deliberate move, as it turns out, in the actual canon. Mm. Um, mm. I can't remember that. What is the actual story then? Why do they jump to Halo? Uh, well, because they the actually find some stuff un- under Reach, right? There's, there's, right? there's, there's some stuff in, in under there, which is why like uh, Master Chief is in stasis on, on the, on the, for, what is it? Is it the four? No, it's Pillar, Pillar of Autumn. Of autumn. Um, yeah, uh, is sort of in stasis there. Why Cortana's actually there? And why they're rescuing Cortana in order to? You have to and Cortana knows the coordinates. Yeah, yeah, Cortana knows where the ring is, but they, they, as far as I can tell, they don't tell the. Or Cortana doesn't tell the the, the um, captain, the captain that that's where they're going. Um, right. It makes it out to be a huge surprise that they find this thing. Seems um, risky when they know she knows they're going to be followed by the Covenant or yeah. immediately. Or maybe she did. Maybe she thought it was a clean getaway. I don't know. Mm. I don't know how slip space works. Is that what it's called in Halo? I can't even yeah. remember. Oh, yeah, it is, isn't it? Because, yeah. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I'm just trying to remember from the start of that game. Because they, do they literally, I mean, obviously Cortana would be faking it, but yeah, they say it's a random jump, right? Yeah. <laughs> Which clearly it wasn't, yeah. But then they also immediately after that say that the Covenant were already had got there first. We're waiting for us or something mm. on the far Which side. Which either implies yeah. that Covenant slip space is just faster. <laughs> so they'd already aligned and just jumped ahead of them. Or, uh, or the yeah. Covenant did already know about the Halo. Yeah, because yeah, the first line is, all I need to know is, how, did we lose them? And it's like, I think we know, both know the answer to that. Right, that's the first line right, of the yes, game, right? Yes, yes, yes. Hmm. So, you know, 
Do- double double retconning. I mean, yeah, Halo Halo got proper. proper I mean, that's even before Halo got proper weird. Yeah, right? true. Like, as soon as three four three took over, it it got proper mental. Um, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was already getting a bit weird and retconny, and then and then it went full blown insane. Right, yeah, yeah. Because they were like, "What the hell are we going to do now?" <laughs> and I, and I, I yeah. think it's some of the three four three stuff that yeah. You know, as I haven't seen the show, but I think it's more the three four three side of things that they lean into yeah fair or lean adjacent to <laughs> that's the that's the tv and filmy bit yep i'll tell you what else i want to do before we get cracking with games or news about games it's a podcast about video games <laughs> uh i've got i've got some kitchen bitching to do okay I want, i'm gonna i'm gonna roast a toaster <laughs> because I need another rhyming thing. <laughs> um, my toaster's broken. Okay, good. Well, sort of half broken, sort of not broken, but sort of broken. So uh, I, I was, I was okay. Don't judge. I was, I was heating a pop tart or a pair of pop tarts, I should say, not a single I mean, pop tart. Considering our previous discussions about Rob's preferences of breakfast cereal, pop tarts aren't that surprising. <laughs> <laughs> I do love a pop tart, and like, and there was there was an evening during the week where Gnome, Gnome just came home and was like, have, "Have you have you been good today?" And I'm like, "I've been average." And she's like, "No, have you been good today?" And I'm like, "Seriously, it's, it's been a not not a notable day." And she's like, Ugh, "Well, well, I'm gonna treat you to some pop tarts anyway." <laughs> and, I, and I'm like, "Oh shit, yeah." <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I, I heated up some pop tarts naturally. As I was removing one of these pop tarts from the toaster, the corner just totally snapped off and poured a bunch of hot pop tart shit into it. <laughs> well, no, it was mostly intact. Okay. Like the, the jam Lob didn't lava. ooze out. It's, they're, not, they're not that jammy. They're like, no, they are. It's kind of a gel. Yeah. Um, and the uh, yeah, so the corner sort of fell into a into a cranny of the uh, of the toaster, and it's like, well, there's no easy way of getting that out. It's too, it's, too big for the crumb tray. Yeah, too big for the crumb tray. It hasn't made it all the way down. And it's like, that's going to be really awkward to try and pick out. Let's get to shaking. Yep, turn it upside down and shake it. Yep, shook, shook, it, shook it out. Like, our, our toaster is disgusting. Well, I mean, like, it depends how much you've emptied the crumb tray. Well, yes, a lot of things, as it turns out, don't go into the crumb tray. They just hang around somewhere in there. Hmm. And, uh, yeah, so I got to shaking, which turns out was a terrible idea, because now I think I've shaken something into the mechanisms on both the, well, I shook it and got it got something stuck in I think the mechanism for one of the loaders, right? So it wouldn't stay down right. anymore. You could sort of feel that there was a bit of resistance there, but not enough to hold it in place. So I think I got like some crumb or something. Like crunchy. Yeah. Jet sort of jammed into it. Um so so I told Naomi about it and she's like so she had a go. Shook it a bit. And then the same thing happened to the other side. Oh, okay. And it's like, well, maybe shaking this is a terrible idea. Like, maybe these are mechanically unsound to the shake. Like, maybe it's not a crumb or something in there. Maybe this is just a thing we shouldn't do. So I shook it again. And then fixed one side, so that now works again. Did you try shaking it right side up to see if you could, like, shake whatever was in there back down? <laughs> yes, yes, that's exactly what I did. <laughs> I tried shaking it in the opposite direction to what I shook it before. And that seems to have fixed one side. Um, but the other side is still buggered. Um, so Dome says she might she might attempt the risky strategy of actually trying to take a toaster apart, and I'm like, that's probably going to break more. Well, well yeah, it's probably. probably moving parts that are going to be really awkward to put back. 
depending on how they're chassied. Yeah. Word of the day. <laughs> chassied. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> bounce. No, I think bounce better. Did you try taking this like a tray at the bottom? Isn't there like a crumb tray that you can remove easily? Yeah, you can, but they're like the the yeah. the the, uh, the the offending bit of <laughs> bit of pop tart was nowhere near the yeah. crumb tray. It had oh, right, okay, that fair. Okay, it was still in the sort of grilly bits. Just jiggle it up and down rapidly. Yeah, it's sort of outside the. Yeah, I don't, it's hard. It's hard to really explain, but like, there's like a channel, isn't there, where the lifty bit is? Yeah. And it was like it sort of wedged itself in the grill just outside the channel, so it wasn't in range of the lifty bit anymore. The lifty bit wasn't really affecting it, but it was. I felt like it had to go up, or I was going to get some serious burnage going on if I tried to turn that on again. Yeah, probably. You need one of those pop-tart bags that you put. put so those aren't really. Are they for oh, pop-tarts? I guess they kind of are. Yeah, kind of toast toast bag. Toast, yeah, toasted cheese. Where you can make them make a toasted cheese sandwich in the toaster, in toaster. by putting it inside the bag, yeah, to contain the cheese, basically. <laughs> contain your cheese. But I'm not sure whether they I like. Would that work for a pop tart? Because pop tarts are obviously not designed for that. No, like, with that so extra layer of. I mean, they're only supposed to be like lightly, very lightly heated anyway, right? Like they, you they can just they microwave always... a pop tart. Can you? I don't know. <laughs> that would be way easier. I don't want a soggy pop tart. It might not be soggy. You don't know. Almost anything in a microwave is soggy. It shouldn't necessarily be, should it? <laughs> like, now we're going to talk about the mechanics of microwaves. Like, you're not introducing any more fluid than there already is. I guess you're not letting it escape. No, but it's, like, it's like how pastries is. It's like you put sausage rolls in, in the microwave, right? They go all flaccid. Yeah, you get like no. a... You get like a like a weak texture. <laughs> yeah, that trouble. might depend on what kind of sausage roll you're cooking, though. I think maybe. I can't remember the last time I tried a short crust, in fairness, in the microwave. As opposed to, like, a puff. And there can't be that much moisture in a Pop-Tart to start with, right? I mean, the scent of it, as oh, we've no, discovered, jam, is quite jelly. I mean, yeah, but isn't that quite moistery if it got out of the jelly? And anyway, when you're toasting it, surely none of that moisture would escape. It doesn't really have, like, the, the centre doesn't, like, it doesn't have vapour holes or whatever. Vapour holes. <laughs> there's there's we... a whole family walking past your house just carrying a whole set of chairs. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> what, one chair each? Yeah. Like, a, like a dining set. Yeah, <laughs> like a dining set. I wonder if they live nearby and they're going to, like, a like a family meal or something. <laughs> bring your own like, chair. Yeah, we haven't got enough chairs. Can you bring some? And they thought, yeah, that's fine. We'll just walk down the street with these chairs. So anyway, news, I guess. I, I, I guess yeah. news, yeah. I guess it's news time. What's been happening in the world of video games? E3 has <laughs> not been happening. Nope, we're still four months early. It wasn't due to happen until then, but it's not going to happen at all. Like, they'd already said they're not going to do an in-person thing, to which everyone was like, well, everyone who normally went to E3 was a bit like, oh. And now, now they're not doing a digital event either, to which everyone's like, well unsurprising it's not like you so, know what they're doing with like um digital events anyway so maybe we finally have actually had the actual death of e3 yeah now. is e3 dead yeah will it ever come back no. we do, i mean it's unknown at this point right it's been a good few years well, i but, mean the, but surely like you need some kind of date that then all the like major companies can do their like 
separate events around, right? Well, <laughs> the same. I mean, kind of. Like, they haven't even even been doing that the last few years, really. No, it's true. No, because Sony have already broken away. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Off broke away a long time ago but i think they still had a presence yeah they still just do one of their things at e3 time yeah and 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 actually had have some about at e3 yes yeah they had a booth they They didn't they didn't they didn't do like a big stage show anymore but they had a booth at least so um people could get their hands on but yeah sony pulled out um but but nintendo can just move to doing their shit at their you know nintendo stores or whatever like they have done smaller events in their like new york yeah where, where those exist yeah that could potentially be done um, Microsoft just obviously hire out the Microsoft Theater in um, uh, in LA to do their thing, which could happen whether Regardless, E3 was yeah. a thing or not. They um, could just be like Apple and just have an event by themselves. Exactly. Yeah, they could probably just yeah leave like just hire it out for longer, right? And then convert after they do their stage show, like have the booth build happen and then run their own little thing. Um, which they sort of already did at some of their events, right? They'd have like yeah, they'd stands. use that stage area, yeah, ready to go. So yeah, I don't think this changes very much. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming Microsoft will still do their thing as predicted. Everyone else was already doing video things, so they'll just be like business as usual. Um, I reckon it will still all happen in summer. I think we'll still get the showcases. Yeah. Um, apart from EAs, who we know are already decided they're not going to do one this well, year well they're still probably going to do the showcase part not the no, other part no it didn't ea specifically said like we're not going to do a showcase we're going to focus on like game specific videos like so there's not one video that you could sit down and watch and be like here's everything we're doing i mean is, um, is that really much different from a normal presentation <laughs> i guess not no but not in EA's case, where each segment was like unnecessarily long anyway, and had ridiculously abrupt cuts between them, essentially, <laughs> where they just didn't transition well at all. No, they might as well have just been separate videos. Have you heard about them wanting to change the name of FIFA series? Wait, what? Yeah, <laughs> that, that well, seems like I a hadn't... terrible idea. <laughs> oh, absolutely! And guess what the name is? <laughs> Football. They were. They want to call it EA Sports Football Club. Mm. That sounds more like a spin-off. It sounds mm, like it maybe. sounds like EA Street or whatever. It sounds like a game mode mm. within FIFA. Yeah. Right? Mm. Like, are they trying to? But you can't it... not have it be called FIFA because that's part of the brand deal. The licensing, yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah, but they might not pay for the FIFA license or whatever. But then, well, then you can't use the teams. Then you though, can't right? use the teams. Uh, yeah, which is its whole thing. Because then, sure. then, then, that's the same problem with the NFL. Essentially, that's why only EA can make NFL games because they only ha- they're the only one who has the license for the teams. Yeah, and then when mm. FIFA Ultimate Team then ultimately doesn't work, right? Yes, because they need, need the, players. the players. I think they need the players, but maybe they can do a deal where they can get what, that without the name or something individually. God, that'd be a pain. Yeah, no, no, no team is going to want to do that. No legal department is going to want to do that. I know they have difficulty with that actually in some of NFL, right? There's some, yeah. there, there are definitely some players where there's a challenge to legally use them because they're not just their rights aren't necessarily just owned by the club or by the NFL. It's like they have their mm. own licensing deals. That's definitely a thing. Um, I don't know if that's actually plagued soccer all that much, that kind of thing. Not that I'm aware of. 
And there's also weird stuff around college football, isn't it? Like kind of like how that comes out of that. Like, are you allowed to really use the likenesses of footballers while they're in college? Well, land? That, that is more of a... How does that transition to that... NFL? And is that there's a trickiness there, I think? I mean, the college situation also has layers of like, you know, they are technically not yet adults, really, in some cases. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Likeness rights is a problem then. Mm. But I don't know. I like. I imagine they haven't signed an awkward contract before playing for college football. Teams, well, I don't know because it seems like in a lot of cases with those American football college situations, there are like weird contracts going on, mm. just not necessarily like I don't know adult contracts. <laughs> Why do you call that? They're very specific contracts that, like, you know, are phrased in specific ways to be like. It's always in that classic way of like, you're working here, but you're not actually working here. <laughs> Those kind of, where you're making a contract, but you're not allowed to actually do these things because you're not old enough or whatever. Mm. I'm just trying to think, like, what, what did you say it was? EA Football Club. Is that EA Sports Football Club. EA Sports yeah. Football Club. Right. So what are you... I'm worried about, from the marketing perspective, why would you change the vernacular, right? Like, everyone when they say they're going to play the football game, everyone says they're going to play FIFA. Yeah. Like, no one says they're going to play Pez, let's be honest. Um, <laughs> um, it's, like, yeah, like, it's so, it's so ingrained. Like, if any if anything was to do the crossover, right, that we, that we talk about sometimes between video games being this weirdly huge industry but somehow still not in common consciousness all that often... FIFA is the thing that kind of pushes through that. Mm. FIFA and Mario. And Call sure. of Duty, I guess. Yeah, and Call of Duty. Call of Duty's got there, I guess. And to a lesser extent, like Sonic. Um, it's like that line in Attack the Block, right? Yeah, yeah. Right now, I feel like going home, knocking my door, playing FIFA. Put on my pyjamas and play FIFA. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's... Why would you change that? You've got it. Like, unless FIFA are angry about that, and yeah. that anyone who says the word FIFA doesn't think of FIFA, they think of the video game FIFA. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, like, it, that would be a weird turn of events, is, is that it's like completely the opposite end where just FIFA doesn't want to be associated with the EA football game any longer. Yeah. And they've, they've, dis, they've disabled the license from that end. But God knows why, right? It's <laughs> yeah, not like, I mean, there's not any reason to. It's not like the core football of FIFA games is bad as far as well we I'm, know. I'm sure fifa themselves are worried about the quality of the video game <laughs> well yes i'm I sure mean, they're only worried about the branding of the video game yeah and the, and the money it perhaps pulls in from the licensing deal yeah um well it's not like it's not like the wwe have been particularly um let's say uh good curators of their video game brand <laughs> i mean if this had happened like one or two years ago during the loot box situation with ga- making all the gambling claims and all that stuff i could have right. understand understood it then yeah for fifa being like oh we don't want to be associated with this potentially legal situation i mean there might have been a legal argument that it takes them years to wind down right because they've already, well, they yeah, would have already the had the next game would have already been done yeah and they'd have the next game in production and it's like maybe fifa would have to pay damages to get out of contract and all yeah. that yeah but that doesn't seem likely. If they are going to rebound it, I don't think it's because of anything FIFA has done. It's a terrible idea. But we'll see. Maybe it's just maybe this is just a miscommunication of reporting, and it is yeah. just a, a like a separate spin-off football game or a sub game in FIFA or something. I, I bet it's 
that or some free to play variant or or this is EA's football manager. <laughs> yeah, I mean that seems likely actually. Hmm, could be. That's that's not a bad shout. And look, because I don't know, because Sega still own Football Manager, right? Yeah. Um, I don't actually know what kind of licensing that has, right? Like, is that maybe there's like tiers of the licensing? Like they have the FIFA license, but they have it only for management games, right? Mm. And and EA have it for actual football, actual football. Which then I suppose makes that career mode we were playing back in FIFA 13 kind of slightly dubious ground because it's sort of management. Well, but then of. maybe maybe that's why it sucks so much. Maybe they couldn't put any more than that in. Like yeah. that was the legal amount of management they could be allowed yeah, 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 to have. Yeah. There's, there's some, <laughs> some boundary. Or maybe they have a non-exclusivity deal on the management side of things because sports football manager have had it for decades. Mm. Um, yeah, all kinds of weirdness could be happening there. But we'll um, find out probably in June, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Don't do it. That's my advice. Don't do it. It's like they're not, they're not going to change Madden, are they? I mean, I know Madden's dead now, but <laughs> yeah, they're not, that... not going to change Madden. Everyone knows what that means. But I guess no one's alive to get angry at the fact they're using Madden. But well, like... apart from maybe his relatives. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the estate of Madden. Yeah, I mean, I assume they still have to get paid. I mean, in which case, I'm sure they're very happy yeah, they exactly. with Madden. Unless they don't try and do like some sort of holographic resurrection of John Madden. <laughs> I don't think. I mean, I don't know how many of those those games he's ever been in. Actual John Madden in a Madden game. Probably not since the nineties. Even as just a cameo. Yeah, <laughs> or just a bit of like the title screen or something, which I think he was on some of the earlier ones. Back when he was actually a football player. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not that old. <laughs> yeah, football club. Bad name. We'll see. Let's uh let's talk about Sony news. Let's talk about the uh Okay, they announced what Project Spartacus is. And uh Project Spartacus is what we already knew was going to be their their rejigging of how they do their subscription services. Because um, the current situation is they have PlayStation Plus, which has extra benefits on PS5, uh, but is a, a single thing. But they also had PlayStation Now, which is their streaming. sort of streaming, but some stuff is downloadable service. Which, yeah, is kind of an odd, in an odd place as a result. So Spartacus was designed to sort of... Sort that out into something simpler. Um, and the scuttlebutt was like, oh, this is, this is Sony doing a Game Pass thing. Yeah. They're, they're going to compete. It's going to, we're, we're going to, we're going to see some, see some action. Something good's coming. Yeah. I'm going to tell you now, it's pretty underwhelming. Um, oh, really? Well, it's sort of underwhelming. There were good bits, there were good bits and bad bits. Um, uh, so let me lay it out for you. They've, they've got three tiers now. Uh, the first of which is probably should have just been called PlayStation. It's the, the whole thing's still called PlayStation Plus. They're 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 okay. scrapping the PlayStation Now name, um, and the whole thing's just going to be called Plus. But like you've you've now got three tiers of that. So you've got PlayStation Plus Essential. Um, okay. 
which uh, is basically what you get now. It is totally unchanged, stays at the same price. You still get your monthly games. You still get your online access, yada, yada, mm. yada. Nothing new to see here. Um, next tier up is um, your plus extras, or plus extra, I should say. I don't know why I pluralized that, uh, which gives you a collection of downloadable games a la Game Pass. Um, and they're saying it's about, uh, about 300 or 400-odd odd games um, available, which is a bit of a parity with what Game Pass currently offers um, for, if you pay monthly, the exact same price as Game Pass. Okay. The their, pos, their plus point is they are offering an annual payment option, which Game Pass currently doesn't have, um, which brings it down to £84 annually, which is a bargain, honestly. That's a great deal. Right, yeah. Um, that brings it down quite a bit and makes it quite a lot cheaper than Game Pass um, if you do it that way, if you can do it that way. So the, the big downside in this, and this is true of all the tiers, and I'm going to introduce it here, is that that collection of downloadable games is, is according to Sony, never going to include brand new releases. At least, not, oh. at least not first party ones. That like perhaps they'll do some deals with third parties, but on like on Sony's side, like when God of War Ragnarok comes out, for instance, it's not sure. going to be on Plus Extra. Very um, unlike Game Pass, right? Which very unlike have. Game Pass. Yeah, where Microsoft have committed to making all of their first party titles on Game Pass day one. Um, yeah. So perhaps that explains the price differential. Um, mm. and also I, I, I kind of, I can, I can sort of see it, right? PlayStation are in, they're in the position where they make these, uh, high quality single player games. That's kind of their bag at the moment. Indeed. And, uh, you're not going to necessarily want to play all of them probably like not all of them are going to repeal. So they still want to. They want to carry their high price tag, basically, and get that yeah. and get that launch window. Keep that at launch window cash. Or it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, they haven't said anything about when, like, what sort of time period you might expect things to then eventually launch on PlayStation Plus. They haven't said anything like that. Um, but if it's anything like what's carrying on with the PlayStation Plus monthly, I think you can expect a good few years before it, before they then turn up on the service. Because, um, you know, things things like Horizon Zero Dawn eventually turned up on PlayStation Plus's monthly lists, but they were sure. but it was yeah, a good a good couple years later. So there's the rub. That's the main rub of what's going on. Um Okay. Doesn't seem yeah, overly generous, I have to say, in comparison. Yeah, Although, I mean it's it's I mean it's still a hefty chunk of game, so it's a probably a good true. option if you're trying to catch up. Maybe if you've got a bit of backlog. Yeah, and um, if you're, you've got a PS5 rather than a. Series yeah, X, I think yeah. there's. Yeah, because there's 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 some detail I can't remember. Like PlayStation Five owners do actually get a little more out of PlayStation Plus. I think they what do they call it? There's like the the, the essential. I think it used to be called like the PlayStation Plus Essential Bank or something or Essential Collection, which is like another list of games. But maybe that all just gets roped into what this is. Don't know. I don't know enough about what that is. Um, 
like I think Jim Ryan went on to further say like they're a bit worried that if they moved to a Game Pass model in the same way and that stuff put their first party titles out day one, that it would actually affect the development of those games. Oh right, that they they like that mentality might mean that you know all the the Netflix. It's like let's give this a go. Oh, it's not for me. Like might actually impact they how they make those games because they might like. I guess there's an extra risk factor that they'll make spend all this time making a game that people can just pick up and drop. Whereas if you spend, is that a, is that a dig at Halo Infinite? Yeah, possibly. Or other Game Pass titles in general, like where it's like, well, yeah, you, they they might not be as good a quality, and you could put them down so they don't design for that in the same way. You know what I mean? It's kind of like a weird, yeah. like. A weird vicious circle and it's like yeah you, you may have a point there it's hard to argue against or for at this point but i can sort of see what you're saying but i also see what you're saying is that you like money so that's <laughs> well, the, the actual the other counter argument of that point is like well just make smaller games that are better for a lower cost <laughs> yeah. like, i mean just I'm... make little games don't have to make these giant blockbusters all the time i mean i'm 100 percent against that idea right like i uh, sorry, not again. I can totally fuck you. <laughs> the exact opposite. <laughs> Shit. Uh, the, the exact opposite of what I just said. Um, no, I'm 100 with that. I, I and we'll, I'll talk about this a little later. Actually, and it's like I kind of miss the tight campaign sort of games, right? Mm. Which like high high budget tight campaigns. It's not really a thing that's done anymore. And I assume like. Actually, if you tried to make one of those now, hopefully the budget isn't as high as it would need to be as a massive open world thing. I don't really know. I don't really fully understand, but I'm not I'm not a game developer, ultimately. But, I, mm, yeah, I've got open world fatigue, basically. And it's just like... <laughs> you have had for years, really. Yeah, absolutely. Fair enough. So yeah. it's... Uh, I, I would not mind, like, a, like, if it influenced games to go in that direction. Um more often, not all the time, of course not all the time, yeah. but, but it'd, it'd be nice to see some of those return. Uh, and I haven't even talked about the final tier yet, which is the, to me, is the pointless tier. Um, it's PlayStation Plus Premium, because premium is better than extra. Yep. <laughs> premium, um, dude. Yeah. Premium. premium. Which adds even more games to the list, but that by even more, they mean backwards compatible stuff so they will be adding the ps3 ps2 and psp libraries right um to the list and it also grants you access to game streaming a la xbox game pass game streaming uh and that goes for a little bit more money each month 1350 monthly or 100 pounds annually which still work if you're paying annually still works out cheaper than game pass hmm but yeah, you have to really care about your old games if that's what you're, you know, to, to upgrade to premium. So for for most people, it seems like premium's not going to be the a thing they care about. Sure. Also, it's worth Makes noting sense. that you know, for for those that are true enthusiasts, I, I, <laughs> that comes out a little wrong. Look, true enthusiasts emulate. <laughs> right. So you wouldn't be using yeah. yeah that PS, PS2 and PSP emulation has been very good for quite some time. PS3 emulation is approaching decent state, um, or may already be in an instant state. It's a decent state. It's been been a while since I checked in. 
Um, so, yeah, the people that might actually care enough might be the people that don't need it. But it would be convenient. Yeah, sure. Emu emu Emulation is very rarely convenient. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's for like, I don't know, people who want to play maximum number of games, including old ones, but don't want to have to faff around. Yeah. Or have more money than sense, you know, and just want the yeah. best. And they want the premium, yeah. Premium, dude. So, yeah, that's, that's, that's the sitch. That's, that's what... quite an array of options, isn't it? Yeah. It's not, I mean, not so simple. It sort of makes a bit of sense, because they've got two separate things at the moment, right? Haven't they? They've got, they've got PlayStation yeah, Plus yeah, that's that you better. pay for separately yeah. from PlayStation Now. Um, and yeah, having well, having the whole thing reconsolidated as PlayStation Plus does make a bit of sense. That's fine. For sure. Yeah, completely agree. And uh, it's good of them to offer both... Man uh, uh, there's also a quarterly option, so you can pay monthly, quarterly, or annually with the deal getting better if you pay in bigger chunks, which... You know, Microsoft should probably do. There was a point in time where I think they did that for gold. If you just wanted the the online access, you could pay annually and save a bit that way. But I don't think they do that anymore, and they definitely don't do that with Game Pass. Mm. Um. So the potential—I mean, the potential argument here is they're putting a price squeeze on Microsoft a little bit. But, but they don't really have the resources to squeeze Microsoft. <laughs> like, I mean, not right fully. now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're but, both made of yeah. money. They can do what they want. But That's true. Fair. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Well, it's good to have some healthy competition in the, in the space. Absolutely. It was a bit weird that, that, like, Microsoft were the Netflix and, like, there was no Amazon <laughs> Disney+. Yeah, yeah. Plus. yeah. So I think it's... Are, Correcting. I don't think there's much, but as a result of this, I don't think there's much of an argument for having both, right? If you're, well, just like Netflix. And, yeah. Well, I, don't I mean, know. there is a little do, bit of an argument, isn't there? But yeah. Like, because you'll get exclusives on that service, but like, if PlayStation well, aren't yeah. putting their exclusives uh, onto yeah. the service, what? then it's like, but um, you're not going to get this for sure. No, like the, I'll probably, no. I probably will. Because I've, I've essentially got the equivalent of Plus Essential because there are month, the monthlies that I occasionally dip into. Yeah. Um, but I don't think I need the... I don't think I need the premium. Um, no. I don't need another Game Pass-like service because Game Pass fulfills my needs and Game Pass has the third parties in it already. It's done well there. And I don't think... I, I doubt Sony are going to pull in different third parties all that much. Hmm. I mean, it might happen. The timing might be different between what's available where. So you might end up with that awkwardness that definitely exists on Netflix and other services. But hey, it is interesting. Developments mm. in the world of video games. Maybe Nintendo should have paid more attention. <laughs> well, Nintendo has yeah, their game policy. It's just bad. It's just bad. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, sure. they did the premium tier without any of the other stuff you're actually interested in. Talking about Nintendo. Bad news for the uh, for Dan's uh, league. Prospects. No. Bad news for you for not counterpicking it, even though we talked yeah. about it so much. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I thought about it, but it seemed like too big a risk. Yep. Um, <laughs> I never stood a chance. <laughs> Breath of the Wild Two has been delayed into 2023. 
I did yeah. apologize. <laughs> well, yeah. Nintendo always do. Yeah. How how long? Spring, Spring is on. Yeah. So okay. I think I think it's fairly safe to assume March because they surely at this point there's what we always said about it where it's like why are they releasing it in this year when they could release it. Ah, obviously, they could release it in time with the the, the you know anniversary of Breath of the Wild. Yeah. So now now that they've said spring, it's like well, obviously March thirteenth, right? Yeah. yeah, I mean yeah. March, okay. March is quite a common release window. Well, for, that too uh, for like big for some fairly fairly large Nintendo titles. Well, it's because to... start of the financial year, obviously. <laughs> Well, that's more April, isn't it? But like, yeah, I or guess end of the financial year, whichever yeah. whichever side of that you're aiming for. Yeah. However that functions. So not surprising. A little disappointing. Like medium surprising. Medium surprising, I guess. I mean, they had at least said a year before this. It's not that... I was about to say it's not that common for Nintendo to actually put a full-on delay on it, but it does seem to be happening more and more. Mm. Well, they realise that that so long as they actually say that you know as long as they're honest about it people don't mind so much no and <laughs> Nintendo are the people who have actually worked that out about game development yeah, yeah, but yeah. people don't actually mind waiting if you just make the thing good in the end absolutely if you make it if you make it complete and like a proper game out of the gate without needing updates for it to get good then you've uh, you've done your job and yeah. uh, you you and you can hold the Nintendo tax for as long as you want <laughs> Because that's one of the main, like, uh, clearly I don't think any of us have played it. Maybe, maybe, maybe Zach has, but that's that's something people pointed out about that Kirby game, right? The Forgotten Lands. It's like this is a complete package. Yeah. This, this, it's it's always refreshing when that happens, and it's like it shouldn't be refreshing. Well, yeah, I mean, it shouldn't be refreshing for Nintendo because that's what happens every time, right? Yeah. A, you, if you've been playing any games on the Switch over the last five years, then that's just been happening. I, I found it strange that that was even raised for like a game like Kirby, well, that, that that was kind of the conversation. Cause I mean, like, I guess in Kirby's case, I think that it's only perceived that way more because the Kirby games have always been much more simple and like... I suppose in, in recent memory. Yeah, anyway, they've yeah. been much more like... They f- they started to feel like the new Super Mario Brothers games where it's like, oh, this right. is just that game again. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, a little unusual for them to go out of their way, I suppose. Yeah. For Kirby to go out of its way. That game looks pretty good, actually. Well, yeah. I'm quite... I'm a little bit tempted. <laughs> sure. I mean, I hate some of the decisions that that animation thing you mentioned. I'd, like, I went and, went and had a look at the Digital Foundry thing, and it's like, there are places where that is awful. Yep. Like, really awful. Like, I don't, I'm not even sure that saves them much power, surely. Yeah, that's what, that's what we said. Like, how much could that really do for you? But the core game looks good anyway. Yep. Yeah, I had a go at the demo. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, it's pretty fun. You get a mouthful. Several mouthfuls. Various mouthfuls. Yeah, <laughs> several mouthfuls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Face full of it. Get your entire self full of it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Because Kirby is just face. He's just a face. He's <laughs> just entirely face. <laughs> Max face. Is that what the, like, the face slider should be on games? And you turn it all the way up. It's just, just like replaces, replaces your body. <laughs> Max face. 
Um, this has fueled a few rumors that that maybe this actually ties into a the Switch, the real Switch Pro happening, <laughs> yeah, or Switch Two. I mean, that would be again like if you're yeah. timing it with the anniversary of Breath of the Wild, you're also timing it with the anniversary of the Switch. Sure, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah, uh, that's too much to wish for. I think. I think that is a little wishful thinking. Well, but, I mean, um, I it's like at this point, I'm not even sure they physically could make a new console like getting parts is still such a difficult situation with the state of the yeah, global getting, shipping at the moment getting parts is yeah. still tough um yeah planning i mean speaking from experience like in even in my work there are bits of kit that we just can't make until we do a hardware revision now because we can't get the parts we used to um so there's uh it's not not normally a thing that bothers me because I'm software, right? Yeah. But there's 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 a couple of details that bother me, and it's so it's it's a it's a pain in the ass this whole deal. And I mean, Nintendo, at least because of the Nintendo style of games, are the company that can get away with supporting one piece of hardware for a really long time by just making games that are for it. Mm. Unlike the other companies who are too much graphics based almost right yeah. they always need to keep moving forwards which is why the playstation 5 has been such a problem coincidentally timed problem but mm-hmm. they weren't intentionally trying to make a, a game console whilst there were supply problems and the supply problems just kind of intercepted yeah, they, they, they came to them <laughs> speaking of which apparently xboxes of all varieties are now relatively easy to get hold of mm. like the series s and series x have had a bit of a I don't know if it's been like a sudden stock influx or if they're just not selling as well as PS5. I don't know the details there, but like the, the yeah. Anecdotally, it seems like getting hold of a Series X isn't that tough anymore. Wow. Okay. Yeah, it's still. But then it seems hard to get a PS5. Yeah, I was about to say. Also, yeah. anecdotally, a friend of mine did finally manage to get a PS5. <laughs> He's got one. Um, and and it was one of those like he didn't put himself on any list or anything. He just went to a store one day and was like, "Oh, well, oh I'm, really? Online, obviously, not like not not in person." And was just like, "I want one of these." And they were like, "Okay." <laughs> it was that simple. Um, so it, it apparently can happen. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's what I mean. I'm not. I'm not even looking at the moment. Like, a, there's a bit of me that's like, "Well, you've yeah, you've got your next gen Series console. X is doing <laughs> me just fine." It's like, and yeah, yeah the, the 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 PS5 games I'm really interested in are still around the corner. So it's um, yeah, um, yeah, and I'm uh, yeah. holding out hope for a, a PS5 Slim maybe in a year and a half's time, which is of <sighs> course mm. not going to happen because of the chip no. shortage. And it's like, but I don't want, uh, I don't want something that big. It's massive, yeah. It's massive. PS Five. I want. I just want to feel that controller, man. Well, I can, haven't felt that you controller. You get that separately, I guess. Yeah, but I want the haptics. It's like you need oh, something. Yeah. You need something that does the yeah. haptics properly. Like, yeah, I could get the controller and I could use it on a PC, <laughs> no problem. In fact, I'm quite tempted by that because my PS3 controller that I'm currently using on my PC, just to, you know, use old tech, why not? I haven't got my PlayStation about, but a PS3 controller seems to work just fine. It's quite a good way of playing things, actually. I quite I quite like it. It falls apart less than my than my 360 controller. Well, I mean you haven't clenched yeah. it as much yet. <laughs> no, it's 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 arguably less clenchable. Well, that too, the shape of it in general is good, a bit less clenched. It's good for Rocket League. <laughs> Less clenchable. 
I did download Rocket League for the PS4 in case I felt that way inclined, so I could play it on a console. That <laughs> so I'd, now you, now you have it on three different right. places. Four different uh, places. Something <laughs> slightly better than the Switch, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I, I could play it on my Xbox, but I crunch Xbox controllers. Like, I break them right. playing Rocket League, so maybe I won't break a PS4 controller playing it is my idea. Less derrily crunchables. Yeah. Not that I would generally choose to play it there if the PC is on and accessible, or I could be faster sitting here some more. But sometimes I might like to sit somewhere else rather than in here, where I spend probably 80% of my waking hours. <laughs> yeah. Anywho, uh, final stuff. Uh, we've got a game announcement. Uh, oh, yeah. Hyper Light Drifter is getting a sequel. Called. Presumably a sequel, anyway. Well, yeah. It's called Hyperlight Breaker. It's a development in collaboration with Gearbox. Oh. <laughs> it's just slightly odd. Um, it's going to be in 3D, which is, like, very different from the original. Um, but, you know, it's not like Heart Machine are new to 3D now. They did Solar Ash last year. Um, so, yeah, they've done some 3D stuff. It's going to include proper multiplayer co-op, they say. Like, not just one other guy, like, several other guys. Because the Gearbox part. Because Gearbox, yeah. Uh, and it will be on early in early access on Steam in 2023. Which, um, as I said, is weird, because I've been seeing adverts for it on YouTube. Yeah. Like, advertising the early access, which is still a whole year away. <laughs> it's, it's so strange to me. It really is. Maybe that's the gearbox angle. <laughs> Use some of that gearbox money. Yeah, get the marketing machine going. The heart machine needs a marketing machine. I mean, don't get me wrong, I liked Hyperlight Drifter. Mm. And, and uh, mm. I was especially fond of its uh, abstract, no English nature kind of, you know, it's got that kind of thing, the Fez vibe, mm. sort of, mm. um, going on. Especially helped by the fact the soundtrack was by the same guy, Disaster Piece did, yep. it, did it as well. Um, it was tricky, but but yeah, quite liked it. Um, not a bad game. I don't know that little that one little clip they they show just makes it look like a very different thing. Like because the rest of the intro you can't really like the rest of that video, the announcement video you can't really. Just an animated yeah, scene. It's just an animated scene. It's not representative at all. Um, I don't know. It's a weird one. Well, maybe we'll see more at not E3. More at not E3, yeah. More at Gearbox Presents. <laughs> maybe. Do you think? Probably. I mean, they'll be... Gearbox Presents Randy's Magic Show. <laughs> oh, God, I hope not. <laughs> not again, anyway. No, not again. <laughs> surely not. I mean, they did it once and they got absolutely slammed for doing it. Right? <laughs> yeah. It's like, surely not. Ugh. Right, moving on from that. Uh, that's the news. Not that quite. Is, so, ooh, Zach's got mystery news. Oh, well, I mean, I guess oh, it's not exactly... News. It's sort of... I guess it is news, but it's more of just a, like, a weird discussion that I wanted to talk about for a second. In, okay, in weird discussion. My favourite. And also, the, the thing that I, I seem to keep bringing up is, like, random legal things hey. in the game industry. Legal update with... Uh, not at all lawyer, Zach. No. The legal <laughs> barely remembering the actual story, Zach. <laughs> um, so this was a thing I'm going to try and vaguely keep to, a, to the actual chron chronological progress of this story so I can actually 
maintain what happened. Okay. So in like early March, Bungie were filing some copyright takedowns for some OST stuff that was being uploaded to YouTube, which is like, that's just normal, normal business happenings going on there. By random people. By random people. Right. So, okay. Yeah. That Destiny, kind of, Destiny 2 music. Was Destiny 2 music. Okay. Yeah. That was going to be my first question because didn't Destiny 1 have ties to Paul McCartney and, <laughs> yes. and potentially Marty O'Donnell, which is yeah. like... They had their whole legal trouble with that. Yeah, which was privately resolved, yeah. I believe. So we never really knew what. But exactly I, I, the... I think in this case, it was just it was like the new. It was music from the new like deal. Well, not really DLC because that's not exactly what Destiny does. But the, the new up, the, the new update. Okay. The new music was getting uploaded like you know immediately. So they were taking that down. Sure. I mean that that happens with pretty much every game yep. now. So that that was happening in early March. So then in like mid March. A bunch of other Destiny Two related videos started getting copyright strikes, huh. which like for, for including the music because well, they were playing it. No, but they were they were just getting copyright strikes, which then the community got pissed off about. Of course, because they were like, "Bungie, what the fuck are you doing?" Mm. So then Bungie responded basically saying like, "It wasn't us." <laughs> YouTube turned something down. Wasn't well, no, it? it was it was someone else posing as. Bungie. Oh no! But then it got weird because then <laughs> then the person who was issuing all the fake takedowns mm. sent out an email to the people he had been doing takedowns on basically saying i was the one doing this it's totally fake and here's why <laughs> well, that's interesting and the, so his reasoning for doing this according to this email anyway is that basically he believed that someone else had also been doing a bunch of random takedowns random dmc dmca copyright strikes sure. on youtube yeah. on other destiny stuff so he was only doing this big spam right now to basically get bungie's attention to be like hey you should probably look at your uh, takedown situation and see what, where all these fake takedowns are coming from not just my ones <laughs> this is my way of showing you it's possible yeah highlight it right but the thing so this is slightly set up for what's going to come so he he had made a spoof email account to make it look like a, a legitimate takedown or whatever mm. and it was like a person's name company name at gmail.com and the company was like a digital rights management company that Bungie are known to use right so they, he was trying to spoof the email to look like this company okay, yeah. legit but it was a gmail account right yeah and in his email this email he sent out he specifically said if you see a gmail it's probably not legit because why would an actual company be using a gmail account yeah and then he also calls out this other gmail account that he says is one of the other people who have been spoofing in the past and it's basically the exact same format name company name at gmail okay yeah. same company even because mm. obviously he'd seen that before from his dealings with it so he'd copied that spoof gotcha oh so he was the, someone that got struck by yeah it's assumed judging by the way he's talking about this whole situation he's saying that i got struck by these other fake things so i started doing this to call more attention to it right gotcha so then it got even weirder because then bungie filed a lawsuit mm. against him the spoofer oh no and anyone else but basically it's a mm. it's a bungie versus john does because they don't have any actual they're all anonymous obviously because it's just email addresses at this point yeah so bungie wants to find out who these people actually are basically but then so this is where it got really weird because so 
Bungie is filing this oh, yeah. lawsuit. So, so, so I guess they couldn't specifically filter him out yeah. because they don't know who he is. They just have to target all the people who have been spoofing fake copyrights. Gotcha. So, so maybe he'll be all right. Well, maybe. probably not. But <laughs> So it's Bungie against these anonymous people. But inherently, due to that situation, basically Google and YouTube are sort of roped into this lawsuit because they are the ones who will have the information of these people that right. Bungie wants to find out who they actually are. Uh-huh. But then this this Bungie lawsuit basically just shits on YouTube for the entire document and being like, <laughs> your YouTube's copyright takedown system is real crap and easily exploitable. Uh-huh. Basically, Bungie are, are agreeing with the spoofer guy <laughs> that the takedown right. system is bad. <laughs> but they have to go about it this way. But they can't, you know, they can't, this, it's just like this lawsuit is sort of parallel to YouTube, but YouTube are going to get sucked into it because the information is stored in their servers or whatever. So Bungie are taking this opportunity to basically say YouTube shouldn't have even allowed it to get to this point. Their system mm-hmm. should have been more robust or whatever. I wonder, yeah, I wonder if it's their way of saying or being able to open the door to a lawsuit later. Yeah, maybe. Like by going this way and it failing but it then at least highlights all of the YouTube stuff that they then have a case that they can perhaps present against them. Yeah. But then the, the, the ultimate weirdest part, it's, a very, it's actually quite a small part of this overall lawsuit and Bungie complaining about oh. all the different aspects of this copyright system. Mm. It turns out that the second email that the, the spoofer was pointing out as being fake, that wasn't a fake email. That was a real email from the actual company. They oh. were just using a Gmail account. No way. But then, so then, that's awful. But then, what Bungie said about that is that supposedly the like corporate version of the DMCA takedown system of, of YouTube, you have to use a Gmail account to access. Which the people have then speculated that it's actually Bungie have misunderstood slightly. You have to use a Google, Google account, account, but you can have a non Gmail like Gmail address attached to the Google account. Yeah, you can do that. Sure. So you could have a corporate. Yeah. Email mine, attached mine, to mine is that way. Yeah. Mm. So maybe yeah. that's an understanding misunderstanding on Bungie's part, but if it's not a misunderstanding on Bungie's part, then that's a fucked up system. Because mm. then it requires you to use a Gmail account and then it looks fake, which is what the spoof guy thought it was, but it wasn't. And it wasn't actually fake all along. That was actually the actual legitimate copyright company managing Bungie's things. So the thing that he was pissed about of fake takedowns, they weren't actually fake takedowns all along. <laughs> they were actually the real Bungie takedowns. Wow. Oh no! Oh my God! <laughs> what, a, what a crazy story! So let me get this straight: Bungie's takedown company are assholes. Well, no, because they, though, like because they because they started this whole thing by like they, yeah they did takedowns. Well, but they, did they t- shouldn't have done them in the first place. Well, arguably. we don't really know because yeah. we don't know what the takedown that pissed this guy off originally was. Right. And whether it was legit. Yeah, whether right. it was a legit takedown and he's just pissy about it. <laughs> huh. And this guy, the, the spoof like guy who's trying to raise awareness or whatever the fuck's going on with this guy, is is he in trouble or not? Or what? Well, I mean, I guess that depends on what the lawsuit turns right. out to do. Whether, yeah. whether YouTube actually decides to get involved and give the information even, because they probably could just not. <laughs> They probably could yeah. just dismiss that yeah, almost yeah, sure. entirely. That depends. Just say privacy, get, yeah. It depends. They could get a court order. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that would be the idea. Like, the idea of the lawsuit is to mm. court order the, the information out of YouTube, it, essentially. It, I mean, that can happen. Yeah. yeah. But mm. whether they'll actually, you know, 
maybe the way this whole lawsuit is written, where it is just basically dissing YouTube the whole time, it almost feels like Bungie doesn't really want to pursue it. They just wanted the chance to <laughs> shit on YouTube for a while <laughs> in a legal mm. way. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I doubt they're the first <laughs> but, corporation yeah. to have a, have a proper go at YouTube for their systems. But Bungie are like tiny, tiny compared to YouTube, oh, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Although but, but they're also not small either. Because let's not uh, let's yeah. not forget that Bungie are now Sony. Yeah, mm, I guess yeah. they were part. That's of Sony. true. That um, that's true now. Yeah, forgot about that. <laughs> but yeah, I thought that was a very weird story. It's mm. just like one of those situations where ultimate weirdest. <laughs> <laughs> it's just one of those situations where like. I mean, I guess the spoof guy kind of got what he wanted. Like, Bungie, Bungie of, actually yeah. got involved mm, on yeah. a legal scale. And then at a, on a legal scale, you actually get to see this kind of information. So you yeah. actually do get to find out these weird background details of, like, how the whole system works. Potentially, yeah. So, yeah, who knows? What uh, unless this whole thing with. just gets thrown out. Well, I mean, like, sure. Which I think is actually quite likely. Yes. <laughs> I mean, there's not really much actionable, I guess, in that lawsuit, mm. really. It's just like, give us this anonymous guy's information is about all you can really say that Bungie's even aiming to do. And I doubt they'll <laughs> actually want to pursue... I don't think they'll actually pursue this guy. That feels counterintuitive. Yeah. Like, But I think... And, and maybe I'm getting this wrong because I'm not exactly involved with the Destiny community, but thinking of Bungie of old... They've got a pretty decent track record of working with the community. I mean, yeah, that's why that's sort of why this became a thing is because Bungie had been well known for having a decent relationship with their community. Even just these communications where they said, like, after that, when the second round of takedowns happened and Bungie were like, that wasn't us. Mm. That sort of, you know, that's that. They're at least weighing in. To yeah, be they like, were saying like, hold on, guys. Yeah. These these were illegitimate takedowns, so we're going to look into it. But maybe the, maybe the community wouldn't have expected it to go this far exactly. But yeah, what a weird story. I mean, I guess Bungie don't didn't realize their own hired help presumably are using what looks like a slightly weird account. And... Well, I mean, I guess like you don't necessarily know exactly how weird that is. But I mean, they are right that the. DMCA takedown system of YouTube is bullshit. Oh, yeah. Because you literally can just write in pretty much any email address, type in the company name of the company you're supposedly representing, and then like, answer a few basic questions, and then that's it. To say, I own this. And yeah, like, you just say, I have the legal rights to this checkbox tick, and then the video goes down. Which is, yeah. I mean, on some level, you like if you have legitimately been stolen from, and you don't want your material used in that way, you kind of do want it that easy, yeah. but like perhaps maybe someone needs to verify these. I mean, the broader, the like super high level discussion of this is that like the whole DMCA system is like ridiculously unbalanced towards because it's not it's not really that YouTube have made choices to make a bad system. It's that they're like they're complying at the level that they're required to, which is real shit because <laughs> the law is just bad. Sure. <laughs> I'm just trying to think, like, what what would I do if, like, someone actually ripped off, like, or used some of my music without permission, say, on on a thing? It's like, I wouldn't be that annoyed because yeah, hey, you're a, it's a very different situation. Yeah, obviously. yeah, yeah. It's like obviously I don't make money out of that stuff, and it's kind of like it's not a, it's not an important part. But I think I'd still be a bit miffed that they didn't ask. Right. 
if it was like an OC remix track, fine. I've got no le- like leg to stand on because that's that's the deal with an OC remix yeah. track. That's that's fine. You know, one of my tracks ended up get playing on ended up playing on awesome games done quick a while a while ago, and I'm like, hell yeah, yeah. Um, quite quite proud of that. Um, doesn't mean anything. OC remix has got thousands of stuff, but like still, I was quite proud of it. Um, yeah. Yeah, but if it was like a random thing, like say I post, I post some stuff to SoundCloud incredibly rarely. Yeah, because most of my stuff isn't for public consumption, <laughs> uh, and uh, it's just yeah, if someone had ripped something from there and put it on their own thing, like without asking me, I think I'd be a bit annoyed. Like I have been asked for stuff in the past, and it's like yeah, sure, go, like use this, do, do what you want with it. Just let me know what the fi- like, show me the finished thing. Hmm. Um, maybe give me a credit, that kind of stuff. It's like go nuts. I'm not that precious, but yeah, just ask me. That's all. That's all I think anyone can ask. Like, like I don't, you don't. I don't need a DMCA takedown to do that work for me. I mean, there is technically another level of like the legal layers to this, where like you have those because Bungie has one of these, where it's like a an agreement because you have the you have like the software license of Destiny Two, which specifically basically says don't use any of our shit yeah but then you have like the this weird legal gray area of like streamer agreements or whatever where Bungie is like well we'll let you upload some of our stuff but we reserve the right to take it down whenever if we decide to even though this other document says just don't yeah (laughs) it's a tricky thing because it's like OSTs on YouTube have generally avoided pretty much all uh, takedowns unless (laughs) except Nintendo (laughs) Oh, really? Like, Nintendo have been well, cracking down on yeah, it a lot recently. That's true. Nintendo cracked down on everything. Nintendo don't like it when you generally use footage of their own games from foot, from stuff they themselves published as trailers. Yeah. Like, they're, they're kind of total dicks about it. Um, but, yeah, generally there's an agreement where if, like, the music was originally written for a game and you're streaming that game or you're hosting content from that game, that's fine, right? That's totally acceptable. That's why the streamer modes in games exist to try and avoid stuff, to remove any music that would be a license nightmare yeah, um, and possibly get auto-striked. Um, as I say, unless some of this music from Destiny 2 is actually subject to a third-party artist well, that, I mean, is, yeah. that is precious. Well, there is the stuff. second like alternate layer to that where if you're just uploading the music... Because mm. I mean, people do that on YouTube, where it's yeah, like absolutely. it's not even a video, really. It's no, just no, the it's, music just, it's track. a static, static card with the music. So that's right? not really like streaming the game. That's a different layer. Of it is. It is different. Copyright, yeah. I suppose. Because <laughs> you're not. It's a not fair use because you're not transforming it. You're just uploading the raw game, right, the raw, yeah. raw track, which is trickier. But sometimes that's the only way you can actually listen to stuff. Well, yes, but that's yeah. that's a different problem. Yeah, it's a different problem. <laughs> if companies would upload their own shit, then we'd all be good. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's nice when some, most of the time this stuff ends up on Spotify. <laughs> that's, I, you know, in the modern era, actually, quite a lot of stuff ends up on Spotify. Yeah, but uh, uh, I, I did find myself hunting the Lost Odyssey soundtrack, which I think exists on Spotify, but only in Japan. Weird. So uh, YouTube was where I went. For that. <laughs> You could have had my play money, right? That's yeah. the thing. If you'd have put it on Spotify, you'd have had my play money. But they probably get the advertising money from YouTube because it probably is copyright strike, just not take down copyright oh, strike. Yeah. But advertising money probably just goes to them. Possibly. <laughs> yeah, then you'd expect there to be ads on those things, right? Well, I mean, sometimes. Depends. My fight money. So anyway, that's that. Yeah, interesting one. <laughs>
Also, while we're talking about like random little asides, not quite as interesting as that. AMD put a thing out saying they're introducing this thing called FSR two to their that the Xbox apparently will will benefit from. Uh, I think FSR is their algorithmic version of DLSS. Right. All oh, right. The, the okay. upscaling, the temporal upscaling, anti-aliasing technology that Nvidia have is DLSS. And it's the like deep a, learning one. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. But AMD's one is an algorithmic version, so it doesn't require the machine learning step, so it's easier for developers to implement. Right. Uh, and apparently FSR 1 has been available for for a while, uh, with some games making use of it, but FSR 2 apparently brings significant performance improvements. Um, so, yeah, we might see more games using stuff like that and being able to squeeze out more detail they were using def loop i think as an, as an example in their video to be like look at the difference there aren't any <laughs> so that's the between... most dangerous kind of comparison video where you're showing the exact same thing twice essentially and be like look at these two totally different things that we promise are totally different yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> they basically had native native on one side native 4k on one side and um right. fsr2 4k on the other side which was running at a lower internal res and it's like, mm-hmm. can you see the difference? We can't. Kind of thing. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, maybe performance. There may be performance ahead. ahead. Don't copyright strike me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, minor little thing I saw on, yeah, randomly popped up on my recommended YouTube list. I haven't seen it on many news feeds, but like, that, that seems kind of important, right? Hmm. Sure. Next gen performance improvements. Yeah, I mean DLSS seems to be like a quite a DLSS, an advantage for I, it's, Nvidia. It's magic so. to me, right? It's not, I don't understand. Well, it how is. The, I mean, yeah. deep learning is deep learning is kind of like magic, isn't it? Yeah, but <laughs> just, it's just in many applications. But that it works at all, like right? There's mm. a bit of my brain that just can't. I can't really grasp like how you can underscale something so much as much as under as DLSS is, and the upscaling be as good as it is. Um, yeah. But it's it's literally through machine learning, right? They train it. They must play the game, you know, in a million different ways at, at full or even higher, like at 8K on a super machine and then train a model yeah, on that like and that. then give it at the same time as running it. They must output it at 8K and at full, <laughs> you know, something low, like 720p, and, and like, then just yeah, train the model. The, yeah. yeah, here's how you turn this into this. Let yeah. Go. And it's like, exactly. sure, sure, there's artifacts and stuff, and like it seems to struggle with like tiny particles, and some elements of motion aren't great. But then, sure, sure. But then existing TAA techniques aren't great with that stuff either. No. Um, Theoretically, you could improve that by improving the model, right? Like, a, yeah, 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 yeah. Keep working on it, make it better. And yeah. they have done that. There are, there are things in like NVIDIA driver updates have literally improved DLSS. Yeah. In the games that have already been trained on stuff and like and already out and they probably haven't done any more training on. Like they then yeah. just they then just put up a driver update and it's like, oh no, 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 we've made that better. And it's like, oh, okay, yeah, you have. <laughs> I mean, it does mean you have to download the the, the trained model or whatever. I think um, the, but, I don't know how that yeah. works. Yeah, I don't know. Like most I guess the some of the games just come with that, right? But yeah. The model is just part of the game package. But yeah, yeah. The, the occasionally I think NVIDIA done drivery stuff that doesn't act, that has just improved, cleaned up some of these artifacts for free. I don't know mm. if they're, those end up being game specific things that NVIDIA themselves are doing. Mm. I mean, that wouldn't surprise me. That's probably something they do. Yeah, I think so. For big titles, yeah. Yeah. Sure. I think they did some stuff for Cyberpunk a while back and things like that. Mm. Um, 
But anyway, just the fact that <laughs> it doesn't it matter how good Cyberpunk looks, though, it's just horrific. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we might, we might find out soon. I think I'm on the verge right. of trying it. Um, okay. I think. Man, is it time for what you've been playing then? Yeah, running long. Well, better get going. Lucky I don't have much to talk about. Go for it then, Zag. Well, I played. Okay, the, I get the major thing that I played was I randomly, I guess, because of playing Empire Earth. I was thinking about RTSs, and I was like, I'm going to play some Supreme Commander. <laughs> right. So I did. He didn't go back to Total Annihilation then. No. <laughs> a step forward, yeah. at least. Supreme Commander 1, though. Yes, that's the thing. Because I, I, when I was thinking about like Total Annihilation and Supreme Commander and Supreme Commander 2 and Planetary Annihilation, and like, cause right. I, I have recently considered going back into Planetary Annihilation as you well. Reckon, yeah. You reckon there's been enough updates? Well, it's to... because of that weird thing that we, we talked about before on the podcast where like the community team had taken over updating the game and then oh, they'd actually right. done like yes. quite severe work to it. Yeah, like yeah, they'd yeah, actually yeah. revamped quite a lot of that game. So I was thinking about going back to that. Which was, is, yeah, which is interesting in itself. Yeah. but So I was like, okay, I mean, I guess I'll go back because I'd kind of forgotten... Well, the first thing I'd forgotten was, like, most of Supreme Commander, which is why you'd go back to it, right? Because you, you don't remember the actual game. I remember quite a lot of Total Annihilation, because I have, I you know, played through that whole campaign not incredibly long ago, mm. more recently than you'd think. And also mm. actually got through the whole campaign of Total Annihilation, which I don't think, you know, I never did that in my childhood days. God, no, I didn't even... Because we get, were dumb. I didn't even get close. <laughs> yeah, I... I found TA really tricky. Yeah, there were certainly a couple of missions, especially which were very hard. I think it's one of. I mean, I find it like TA is super cool. Yeah, like there's, there's no denying that. But I found I, it's one of those like strategy games where I found the joy in just building a base, well, and, yeah. and, like and not actually doing any of the fighting. As soon as I got to the fighting part of it, it's like, oh, I don't actually like this. Yes, like, <laughs> and in some ways, Pokemon was quite a lot like that. Mm. It's it's it. it even I mean, I guess you could say even more so in Supreme Commander because they've introduced things like you know the shields and whatnot that just improve the ability to turtle. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's all about building up your huge base. Was my favourite TA strategy: turtle up, get the nukes, win. Yeah. Or the big burfer, just <laughs> yeah. shoot things from across the map. <laughs> I mean, that was so much fun. <laughs> it was just so much fun just to, just to set a cannon up, vaguely aim at where you think things are, and have it just go. Badoosh. Yep. Slice them. <laughs> So yeah, I went back to Supreme Commander 1, because I'd also forgotten Supreme Commander 2 I actually have on Steam. I'd forgotten I actually got that at that stage. And also, I guess I, I also went back to the podcast where we talked about it, because I was like, I don't remember much about Supreme Commander 2 either. So I went back to the first podcast I could find where we talked about it and I, at that time, which can't have been... It must have been the same year that Supreme Commander 2 came out, but I was like, oh, I waited until it was like five quid, <laughs> which oh, I guess wow. maybe tells you something about the quality of that game. Yeah. And then I listened mm. to our discussion about Supreme Commander 2 where I was talking about all the shittiness of it. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't go to Supreme Commander 2, I guess. Huh. Go back to Supreme Commander 1, which is at least a bit, a bit of a better game. Probably. You don't need to go into the detail, but like, is that because it like you just disagreed with it yourself, the mechanics? Like, or, they or changed, is, it, is it generally? They like, changed a lot of stuff in Spring Rider 2, which made it, which made the sort of, the sort of skin styling of Total Annihilation not make sense any longer. Right. So to go into one detail that I, that we talked about on that podcast in Spring Rider 2, 
they basically fucked up the whole idea of the streaming economy. Like now in Supreme Commander 2, you actually have to have the resources in the bank to build a thing. Yeah. Rather than you just stream the resources in over time. And if you're using too much resources, it just builds slower. In Supreme Commander 2, you have to have the resources in the bank to start I the construction. I see. Because, yeah, you could plan everything out in, like, yeah, in both TA and, 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 S- and SC. Yeah, yeah. And you just sort of say, I want this. Here's the plan. Uh, but yeah. if you don't have the resources, it's just going to be real slow. Yeah. Okay. So that, so it went a bit more traditional, I guess. Yeah, it's basically that was the problem with Supreme Commander 2 is like, it, it's trying to look like Supreme Commander Total Annihilation, but they've changed so many mechanics that what they have doesn't make sense any longer with the Total Annihilation style. Gotcha, yeah. So anyway, Supreme Commander 1, I went, when I went back to that, I was I got in there and then I remembered that maybe there are, there are still problems with Supreme Commander 1, one of which is... They well, tried. Wasn't it always just get the big things? Well, and you win. Kind of. Well, I mean, I've only been playing the campaign, which is sort of different because okay, obviously you're right. limited. One of the problems with it is they try to have characters. Did they? <laughs> yes. There's voice acting, and you actually inter- the free teams have their own different reasons for fighting, and they're trying to Starcraft it. Yes, basically. But yeah, that's. That's where TA, TA obviously wins. Don't have any characters at all, just generic commanders, we the need- last two commanders in the entire universe who've been fighting for a billion years. Yeah. <laughs> and and, and right, like, yeah. civilization doesn't even exist any longer. It's just a war machine. Huh. I didn't didn't realise that was actually the TA story. Yeah, pretty much. But yeah, in this in this one they have these characters. And the slightly even more dumb thing is like in Supreme Commander they call it the Infinite War because that's what it was called in Total Annihilation. Mm-hmm. But it's only been going on for a thousand years. Oh. oh <laughs> so okay. it's not even so close. It's not even close to TA's time scale of war. Hmm. It's only been like a few generations and you're calling this an infinite war already. <laughs> And it's not even I mean, that large it, scale of conflict, even I mean, really. I mean, a thousand years would be pretty long if it's like the first war that lasted a thousand years. In fairness, yeah, I guess. But it's also a space war. I mean, I guess they have instant jump technology, so it's not like there's. It's not like travel time is a problem, like in Space Wars Candy, right? Yeah. But yes, you go in there, and it's the infinite war. And but the, like the the three different teams don't even. The thing is, they call it the Infinite War, and they're saying it's been going on for a thousand years. But it seems like one of the teams, the like the Aeon, the the sort of alien infused team, except they're not actually. the The story with Aeon is that like they found an alien species, and these alien species were nice, peaceful aliens, and they mm. got on really well with these first humans that met them until they murderized them. Well, yeah, until a break, uh, like a terrorist faction of humans wiped out all the aliens. And then the Aeon were just like, well, we're going to continue with these aliens beliefs or whatever. We're going to continue their way of existing. And then that became a problem against the traditionalists or whatever. And they got involved in the war. Right. But that doesn't seem like that happened even a thousand years ago. (laughs) Right. So they're quite a recent addition. I mean, that's, that's that's like it could evolve into that. But then the other side that you're fighting the, the other of the third size is like the cybernetic side, basically where like you have the purists, the the original earth federation or whatever, who are just like the generic guys. And then you have the cybernetic people who are oppressed or whatever. Cause the, mm. the, the original earth people have control programs that limit the cybernetic people. <laughs> slavery some, or whatever some, sometimes you think like that's, that's kind of interesting in a weird way. Cause it's sort of the opposite actually to how most of these tales play out. Like the cybernetics are usually the haves and yeah. the, 
regulars and I have not. But yeah. I mean, even Scarlet Nexus has a storyline like that. Yes. I mean, brains, obviously. Brains and duds. <laughs> brains and duds. There's actually a lot of brains in the Cybern story. I mean, the main guy is just a brain in a jar with a hologram who's, who you talk to. Sweet. <laughs> And he has a really weird character as well. I'd forgotten about this, but once you hear it, once I heard it again, I'm like, oh yeah, I remember this guy. Because he, it's like, they they mention, the other Cybran people in the conversations mention it, where it's like, oh, he's a bit strange, basically. He's a genius, <laughs> but he's a bit weird, like geniuses tend to be. Yeah. But I I don't know, maybe it's like a copying error when he got uploaded to the, to the digital brain or whatever. <laughs> but he just randomly interjects in the middle of in the middle of his paragraphs of speech he just randomly goes oh yes just just occasionally it would just be like blah 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 oh yes oh yeah oh, yes. duff man <laughs> and he calls you my boy also your boy <laughs> my boy oh yes <laughs> boy sure boy but yeah and then the sort of other problem with supreme commander is that like they want to make a huge scale warfare game, sure, but then everything is tiny. Yeah, <laughs> the that's... units are so tiny that most of the time you're just commanding icons. Yeah, that's what I mean. I'm very, <laughs> I'm very like in the in the brief moments I've watched you play that. Like, and that's not that's not a lot, but like I remember seeing it on your machine years ago. Yep. And uh, yeah, you always played it in icon or like like zo- so far zoomed out. Everything was just a green or red square. Yep. And it's like. Because the maps are huge and there are so many units and it's like it's impossible to manage any other way. Well, and also like they turn into icons so quickly because the like the actual models of the units are so tiny as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like as soon as you start to zoom out, it just goes to icons because otherwise you wouldn't even be able to see the actual model. You wouldn't tell. Yeah. <laughs> and so, also, so like any any graphics work they did is kind of a waste. Yes. And also, just like the models of the units are maybe quite indistinct to start with. I suppose we don't know, but like, how did Total War and games like that get out, get around that problem? Because they must have a similar issue, right? It's maybe not quite as big, but yeah, it's not. Yeah, I guess it's not as big. But yeah. I guess you, I guess you could easily make arguments that it doesn't need to be as big in the <laughs> There's a lot of just empty space. There's a lot of travel time. I think Total War Warhammer is. Free on Epic right now. Yeah, coincidentally, is. you could go and get yeah. that. So yeah, I mean, I played through the the Federation campaign and half of the Cybran campaign, and that that also runs into the same problem as Totalization, where there's just like a couple of those missions are really much harder than the ones surrounding them. Difficulty mm-hmm. spikes. Although there's not nearly as many missions as Free Commander. It's like it's only like a seven mission campaign for each side, so it's quite short. Mm. But yes, you do get into the into the realm of like the super units are just the win button, and like you have to build nuke defense because nukes will be coming, right? <laughs> and you have to build shields because artillery will be coming. Mm. And is that is that just because of how the AI plays? Do you think? Or well, that, I mean, or, in, or are, in, there, are they legitimate? Like, oh, you have to pick one and be careful, and like in order to speed build for competitive play. Well, yeah, I don't know how it is in actual. Even in skirmishes, I guess, because obviously the campaign is all preset. Everything's going to appear at certain times. But yeah, from what I remember from playing skirmish ages ago, the first time I was playing these games, like, you do have to, like, mute defense is essential because 
if you don't have it, there's no, you know, that is just the instant counter. You have to have it or nukes will destroy you. And mm. like, obviously, because it's a total annihilation style game, if your commander is standing somewhere that's not under a shield and not under nuke protection, it's going to get shot on nukes because right, <laughs> that's yeah. how you win. <laughs> you kill the commander. Because I wonder, I wonder if that's like a, like a like a hilarious bluff play or something in actual competitive play, like where you don't build one of the protections <laughs> and you just and you, like and you, you hope, make them think that they are, and then you're spending the resources to make more, like more of your own yeah, yeah, instead yeah. of defense. So, so you can rush them a bit faster. Well, I mean, that, then, you know, there's a lot of scouting that goes on that game. Yeah, that's what so I was about to say. It like, kind like, of look, negates that. It's like if, like if you haven't been scouted, it's like okay, how long do I get away with this? I mean, they did try and implement like stealth. Because there's two different versions of stealth <coughs> where you have radar stealth and optical stealth. So you can have stealth fields that only cloak you from radar or camo that actually cloaks you from optics but not from radar. Mm. And then, then there's a couple of units that also have like jammers where they create fake radar pulses. Oh, I see. Hmm. So it messes up the minimap. But it's still a matter of like, if you fly a plane over them, you're pretty much going to see you it. See, yeah. <laughs> There's not that many things that have optical stealth. There's much more radar stealth because you can just build a, you can just build like a like the shield towers. You can just build a stealth tower hmm. so that radar shields a certain area around it. Yeah, because I guess that was TA's problem once. Once, with, well, yeah, because once you had the long range radars where you could shoot, you could target things across the map, and then you have artillery that can shoot across the whole yeah, map. It's very little or su- nukes. There's very little surprise. Was, but at that point, it's like you couldn't launch a, launch an attack and be like, oh. That I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, and that maybe is why Supreme Commander also started to move towards dropships being a sort of major component, hmm. where you can pick up a bunch of units and drop them off in a different place. But then, say you attach a still a radar stealth unit as a cargo to that dropship, so the whole oh, thing the whole becomes thing. stealth. Nice. <laughs> okay. But yeah, you just go through those campaigns and build some crazy shit and blow stuff up. You don't actually, because I, I, I finished the UEF campaign, and you don't even get to build all of their super units. Actually, I guess I didn't build any of their super units. Hmm. On the last mission, you get the submersible aircraft carrier as an option, but I didn't really see the reason to spend the resources on that because of the, map, the map type that you were on. Right, you didn't need it. Didn't seem to favour that kind of shit. And also, I, d- I didn't remember how useful that was, because I don't... I th- think it might because it's called a submersible aircraft carrier and this is maybe another problem with the game is like a lot of the unit tooltip stuff in the build menu and even when you select the unit don't really tell you what they do very well mm. and i don't remember whether the submersible aircraft carrier is also like a factory i think it might be it would make sense because the other one of the other big uf experimental units is like the land factory where it's basically a giant tank that is also a tank factory huh. <laughs> So I think the mobile air, the submersible aircraft carrier might have onboard aircraft building, so you can build the aircraft while you're submerged and then come up and then launch them all. Because mm. the, the Aeon one, the Aeon have one that's kind of like that, the giant giant flying saucer that has aircraft factories built into it as well, so it can fire out. On no, actually, I think that's a separate. I think they have they have two giant flying things: the giant flying death saucer with a independence day beam <laughs> and the one and the one that's an aircraft launching flying device and then you see a lot of the stupid cyber and spider tanks which are like the cheap experimental units that's why you see a lot of them because they're much quicker to build not that that's not that's mattering in the campaign they're just spawned but 
You see them a lot more, and they're slightly easier to destroy than the other experimentals. <laughs> but even in the campaign, it pretty much just comes down to shoot the commander in the face until a giant nuclear explosion happens. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever there's a commander on the map, <laughs> mm. you know that's just what you have to target. And it's... I don't remember whether it whether it is an option in Supreme Commander 1 or whether this only happened in 2. I think it might only appear in skirmishes in Supreme Commander 1 because of you can change the like rules of the skirmishes. But like I think one of the you can upgrade your commander. There's like three upgrade slots like the two arms and the backpack. I think one of the upgrades is basically the eject system. So you can have your commander blow up but then you don't automatically lose because you actually eject. Oh, <laughs> oh okay. <laughs> So like a yeah suicide, but not quite because mm. you survive. But then what? So you then have to get somewhere, and then you can build yourself a new commander. Well, because you can also have secondary commanders on the field. Mm. Like if you build a quantum gate, you can call in another commander essentially. Mm. So I think if you have the eject system, that basically means you don't lose if one of your commanders plays up, as so long as you've got another one. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's. Quite, that's the Supreme Commander being Supreme Commander, I guess. But then Supreme Commander 2 fucked it all up, apparently. <laughs> Happy days. And I reinstalled this from my discs, of course. Yeah. And w- nice. was fairly surprised that it just worked. I mean, it's not that old. <laughs> Got games for, games for Windows Live on the box. And, oh, like, and that wasn't a problem. Well, no, because it's not actually... It's not Games for Windows Live, it's games live or what the, the not the not the online service the oh just games for windows yeah it's games for windows right, yeah the branding more than yes. yeah because it use it actually tries to use gpg net their proprietary online <laughs> connectivity oh, wow. thing okay yeah because i was just thinking actually because like it's interesting you mentioned that because i've got a one of the things we sort of toyed with potentially doing videos of was viva pinata right because right. i've got a i've got a pc copy of that yeah and that's definitely a case for Windows that's Live. That's for Windows Live, yeah. <laughs> See if there's a patch for it to, to um, fix whatever oh, there might be. I hope someone's come up with a crack for it. I mean, that would make sense. They fixed Dark Souls or whatever. Yeah, I think Dark Souls has a slightly bigger following than Viva Pinata. Maybe. Maybe nowadays. Probably now, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think probably, <laughs> yeah. So that was Supreme Commander. Still the same... Piles of units, still, still a classic situation of just like make a big ball of units and just chuck them at things and hope <laughs> that you win. Yep, hope it comes out. Don't worry about rock paper scissors, really. Just no. build, build ten of everything. That's kind of the thing, isn't it? That's, that's my problem, sort of, with like these sort of things. There's like, like you don't have to really. If you've got like one of everything, like you've negated the problem. Except that's like. I mean, I, I mean, that doesn't work in like games like Starcraft yeah. because of ranging and because of like specific unit counters and that kind of balance situation yeah. that they have, and because it's better to just spend more resources making one thing than distributing resources across several things for upgrades as well. Yeah, sure. Because yeah, time is more of a time is a resource. Is a, is it? Yeah. Whereas when you're telling, not so much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's maybe even more exploitable in the campaign where there's quite a lot of mission objectives that are very not time limited. It's like, defeat the enemy commander, but you know that this mission isn't done yet, so maybe what you should do is not defeat the enemy commander and just build up your base before whatever happens after you defeat the enemy commander. <laughs> right, yeah. 
That was too fast. There must be some more stuff you're about to throw at me. Well, the weird thing is in Spring Island, you can actually sometimes tell just by looking at the map because like the... Or there'll be a chunk of map that you can't get to. Yeah, because basically the map expands uh, when new mission objectives appear. But like there's a sort of a blueprint area outside the map that shows you what what the size of the map will be at the end. Ah. So you can sort of see like the map is going to expand in this direction because this edge is still the actual edge. (laughs) Huh. (laughs) So at least they're sort of... I guess that's fair. Well, yeah, because it helps with defences, where you're just like, you don't necessarily know where things are going to come from at the start of the mission because the map is so small. Hmm. But if you look at the overview, you can be like, okay, so the map isn't going to extend this direction, it's only going to extend this direction, so I should probably focus my defences on this side of the base. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it sort of makes sense that you might have tactical awareness of the area outside the AO, right? Yeah. (laughs) Because it's planetary scale. It's like, you're supposed to really... <laughs> Something would have scouted the area. You would hope. But no, you've got people shitty scout aircraft <laughs> that are always just going to immediately die. Yeah. They are so suicidal. You just fly them in and the AI immediately shoots them. But the funny thing about that is like, well, when the scout aircraft gets shot down, you still get vision from them as they're crashing. Oh, nice. <laughs> so like, even while they're spiring out of the sky, it's like, oh, yeah, I can still see. Keep... <laughs> Keep crashing slightly further away. We can get more into. <laughs> I'm still getting that feed. Tell, tell that we'll fly higher, then I'll crash for further. Yeah, exactly. Fly faster, fly straighter. Get more into <laughs> as you're crashing down. So that's the free commander. And are, are these things all human piloted? I don't know in this game. Yeah. I mean, obviously, in Total Annihilation, they're not. No. Well, one side is clones, one side is AI. So right. technically, neither of them are really piloted by people. But in this game, I feel like it's all robotic, maybe. It's kind of unspecified. You know. Apart from the commanders, obviously. Right. And obviously in, in this game, because there's voice acting in characters, all of the commanders are actual people who yell when they explode. Ah, <laughs> As you do. My fight money. And spend the rest of the time just making really bad taunts. Where they're like, oh, you're... You're going to make a really cool nuclear explosion when I kill you. It's like, no, I don't think so. (laughs) No, my nuclear explosion will be pathetic. (laughs) And then the only other thing I need to talk about much more briefly, because I just played a demo, was weirdly another roguelike city builder. (laughs) Because we talked about, uh, what's it called, Against the Storm. Right, yeah. Before. And we were like, oh, this is a sort of weird new combination of genres. Mm. A, a roguelike city building game. And then I played this demo for basically another one, kind of. Although I don't I don't get a very good feeling from this one of exactly how roguelike it is. Right. It's the Wandering Village, where... Wandering Village. You're basically building a town on the back of a giant dinosaur thing, basically, that's Ortis walking through the thing. world. <laughs> not at all this, unfortunately. Yeah, not quite. <laughs> oh. And its back is very completely, perfectly flat. <laughs> okay. Which gives you a nice plane to build on and has trees and rocks and shit growing on it. Exactly like dinosaurs. Yep. But, like, the idea of this... So the reason that I feel like it might be roguelike is that, I mean, the dinosaur thing has health... Oh, right. And it sort of implies at the start of the game, it's just like you have to try and guide it as far as you can, which then, you know, roguelike elements, you'd restart the run when it dies and have another go and do things differently or better or whatever. But then you have your, then it also has the randomized elements of the roguelike where the 
dinosaur thing walks through the world and there's like random events along its way and random locations nearby that you can like send scouting parties out to to get extra resources from or whatever Hmm. and then there's branches in the road where it's like you can sort of see some distance ahead so it's like do you want to go down this route or this route because which event is going to be more beneficial to you Hmm. and then you're trying to keep this dinosaur thing alive as all the various bad things happen (laughs) (laughs) whilst building a city on its back and then in the later game tech, which you don't really get in the demo, but in the later get, later parts of the tech tree, you start getting into like making buildings that actually harm the dinosaur for your benefit. But then you're you like that's the trade off. Like it makes it easier to keep your city part of the game alive, but harder to keep the dinosaur part alive. Huh. <laughs> mm, weird, so like a weird trade off thing. Yeah, you like. One of the one of the last upgrade. Well, I think it's the last. Judging by the Tetris is a bit sort of parallel rather than full tree, but like one of them is just like extract blood out of the dinosaur directly, which is like <laughs> that's probably real bad for it. I imagine. Can you eat other smaller settlements like mortal engines? <laughs> no, I don't think. I don't, well, you can send like scouting parties out to like recently ruined or barely holding on settlements to get extra people, hmm. but that's not really the same thing. You seen that film, Mortal Engines? No, no. <laughs> I, I I've just seen bits of it. Yeah, no, no one. I watched it not that long ago. It's better in concept than execution, <laughs> as you might expect, but it's surprisingly okay. I was expecting much worse. Mm. Let's put it that way, but it's all right. But yeah, that's, mm. that's yeah. Not, not really much to this demo. I guess you don't get that far up the tech tree, and I and. Well, I mean, it's still early access or whatever, so there's definitely chances of that tech tree getting much more complicated. But yeah, you have to build, like... Because it is a balance of your needs against the dinosaur's needs, even in the relatively early game, where it's just like, this dinosaur is totally going to starve unless you feed it, so you better grow mushrooms on it somehow, Mm. which isn't harming it, even though the mushrooms are presumably absorbing nutrients out of it because of the land that you're on on top of it. But you grow the mushrooms and then you build a catapult to like chuck it into its mouth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. And then obviously there's a there's the other system of like if you do things that are nice for it, it trusts you more. And then so when it comes to the forks in the road or whatever, you can build, basically build a loudspeaker to be like, "Go left, you idiot!" And then if, you, if you're nice to it, <laughs> it's more likely to, to listen to you. Right. So, right. It, so it can basically you can lose you could not have control over those choices. Yeah, you can lose control over how like when it sleeps or if you want it to run faster for a while to get through a dangerous area quicker hmm. maybe it won't bother maybe it will just continue to plod and then you'll get fucked up different a different so, way so do things attack the dinosaur do they come to you like do things just ignore the dinosaurs in these worlds are well, there other dinosaurs well like, are you the only city dinosaur well yeah i think it's implied that it's like a super rare thing and you just hmm. happen to find this one waking up just as it's about to start walking so you quickly climb on and then start a village hmm. essentially but then it's it, the story in general seems to suggest like there's this weird poison spore cloud thing that's gradually infecting the planet, which is maybe why this dinosaur thing has now woken up because the ground under it has got poisoned. Right. And then so when you're walking through the poison areas, all the poison spores start attacking all the plants and stuff on top of it, and then it poisons the dinosaur as well directly. Mm. So you have to like make antidote as well for it and you and clear all the poison crap off its back. Hmm. Using little flamethrower dudes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a kind of cool idea. Yeah. 
just it, especially at this point, I guess in in early access and a demo, mm. it doesn't feel very like fleshed out. Right. Yeah. There's definitely a lot of space to expand the concepts a bit more. Sure. And of course, naturally, how random does it get? Well, yeah, and how roguelike actually is it? Yeah. <laughs> Are we playing like a three-hour game and then have it just end because the dinosaur died? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is it, is it full-on or is it roguelite in some way? you get to keep stuff for the next run or like or, are you or, unlocking options for the next run or is it really actually trying to be road like at all is mm. it just meant to be like it's just always a score game just see as see how far you can get see right, if you can yeah. get to the end of the is, is there is there even an end game yeah does it does the dinosaur actually go somewhere specific in the end hmm. or is it just just keep going until you die or are there multiple places the dinosaur could go yeah multiple based endings. on your choices yeah <laughs> so yeah that's that and then just a bit of the usual stuff. I finished the grind in Derg. Oh, blimey. Wow. I mean, it turned out I had basically a whole extra month because they've announced the date for the second for oh, season okay. two, which is like the 28th. Oh, what, of, of, of April. April. Oh, okay. So basically I did it way too fast, but mm. I've got through it. So I'm good. It's all good. Jesus. Oh, well, Derg. <laughs> Not as much as I thought it would be, really. Once you get more, like... Once you're in the grain mode of just being like, I can finish this point extraction in 10 minutes because <laughs> I can just tell the robot to go get the things and dump them all in and just leave. Get not much experience with it. It doesn't matter because it's 10 minutes. It's real fast. But I've also, while I've been, basically, while I've been playing Derg because of the grind, I've also been like, well, I guess I can actually just do the do all the weeklies and stuff as well and actually mm. progress the other ways, get more overclocks. Because I'm still not done with those or anything. Hmm. I don't even know how close I am to being done with I those. I guess there's no idea, yeah. Like whether they, you know, what ones are available and what aren't. I mean, I am. I think I might be getting fairly close to done on weapon overclocks because a couple of times when I've gone to the core infusers after the machine event things, and it brings up the the choice of three. Normally, it's a cosmetic one and two gun ones, but I've started seeing two cosmetic ones and one gun one. Yeah, okay. So I think I might be getting close to done with the with the weapon upgrade overclocks. Mm. Well, but then again, I don't know how many cosmetic overclocks there are because I've never chosen to take any of those, obviously, because no. why would you? <laughs> yeah. Huh. And I've done done the... I did the deep dive last week as well. So it's like... I can actually do that. It's still not really... That's not beneficial to the season pass again because obviously it's basically only one long mission and yeah. because of the XP scaling it, having all that extra XP from essentially doing three missions at once doesn't actually benefit you on the season pass. But you get those overclocks, so... Yeah. That's the real reason for doing the deep dive. <laughs> and it was also in the sand level, which is... Oh, yeah. I'd much bit, prefer that for... It's a bit quicker. ...certain types of missions. Yeah. And when it's randomised, you're likely to come up against every type of mission, essentially. And I've also been... I've also pretty much decided that I'm not using the nuke anymore on the engineer grenade launcher. I'm using the hyper-propellant that makes it a railgun. Because that's just so much... It's so much more useful to just be able to snipe individual targets, essentially. Yeah, you get so little ammo with that thing, though. But that's the point, though, because you can change the upgrade tree for the grenade launcher every time where you would normally choose explosion radius. Mm. Don't need that any longer, switch that ammo. And even damage, don't really need that because it does so much damage with the hyperpropellant. Oh, so the damage boost on a direct hit is... Well, yeah, and if it's... Because that 
you can also get ones that only upgrade the area damage and not the direct damage. So those are pointless as well if you're using the right, railgun version. Yeah. So you can rebalance it to get quite a lot of arrow. Because like in the setup I have, I have like 12 shots, I think, of mm. the railgun. <laughs> I generally have only ever used that thing as crowd control. Yeah, I mean, that's what you There's a whole load of dudes here. And that's why, the, that's why you have the nuke version, because right. that's like the most crowd control. I don't know if I have the nuke version. Is that like an overclock? Yeah, or? it's an overclock. Yeah. So that's what I had been using before. But you only get like two shots of that, of course, because, of, because it's a new. <laughs> right. But I've just I've just started only using the hyperpropellant version. It's so ridiculously powerful for fighting the bosses, because hmm. as soon as you crack the armor or whatever and expose the weak point, you just shoot it with the grenade launcher and it just obliterates like half the health bar in one shot. Nice. <laughs> Which is fun. Yeah, maybe take that into a level where you know you're going to get bosses. Well, yeah, the elimination yeah. missions, always take that. Because mm. I had been switching back and forth, but now I'm just keeping it. Because it'll one-shot Praetorians. you got my triple vertical spinning laser beam of death. I, I don't like the breach cut. <laughs> <laughs> I've never got used to it, mainly because I've just always preferred the grenade launcher, so I've never used it that much. It's pretty slow damage output, but it just looks fun. Yeah. Spinning wall of doom. Yes. But I, I, at this point, I'm just playing all the characters. I just play whatever one. I feel, whatever one. I've been. That's why I've been using the engineer. I've been using the engineer for the eliminations because of the, the hyperprophetic grenade yeah. launcher. But I've nearly made it to gold rank with Gunner, the one that I was originally playing. Jeez, <laughs> nearly. Just have to do that with all of them to get that achievement. Ugh. All the other classes are at bronze too at the moment. Wait, but how is? that ranked like what like because i've only promoted a guy twice like what's what do you mean like it's like that's bronze too yeah that's that's bronze. what we're at with our how right that's a lot of dirt yep sure is so yeah there's that there's dirt and that's rocket league that's more yeah bit of rocket league uh we finally got back to stabbing we got back to some stabby stab and hyrule warriors yeah uh Play, play. <laughs> is, that, is that what you refer to it now? Yeah, basically. Stab. Uh, we got to. Well, we did another. another we, well, it feels like we might be getting near the end, but I'm not so sure. Well, right? the thing like, is, it feels like the end of the story. Maybe. Except we still haven't fought the actual bad guy again yet. Yeah. <laughs> but also, like, if we look at the completion, it's like 75 ish percent. Yeah. So, I mean, there could be a bunch of post game stuff that fills up the rest of that percentage, certainly. Mm. Post main story. Or it, or we could just be about to hit another twist of some kind. Yeah, because it is very, it's getting very like you know epic. I think we've a, got everyone together now. Yeah, all the races. We've got the king back. We're battling back into Hyrule Castle. Zelda's back on with her glowy powers. Yep, Shit. we're in Castle Town. Nice. Oh, well, get there then. Yeah, you'd think so. But even, as I say, even Hobo Kings fighting alongside us. Yep. You know, <laughs> but as I say, we still haven't actually seen the bad guy again for ages <laughs> man i had so much fun trying to explain hyrule warriors to a friend of mine the other day who who'd played breath of the wild. Who, who was aware of muso oh, okay and had played breath of the wild right hadn't played a muso themselves right but was aware of it and i was just trying to explain like who was in it as like a character <laughs> like everyone a character list and how they played and they were just like wait what what <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You get both Hobo King and Regular King, and I'm like, yeah, totally. He just yeah. changes. It, just, it doesn't make any sense, but he's there. <laughs> and he's like, that's madness. It wasn't totally wasn't expecting Hester. No, of course. 
Nobody expects Hess to. <laughs> I mean, the fairies also. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Shaka. yeah. That 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 blew his mind. It's like you play as all the fairies. What, what do you mean all of them? All of them <laughs> at once. All of them as one character. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, we'll just have to make. I'll just have to try harder to pick up Hyrule Warriors Definitive Edition oh, when we're done with this. <laughs> so we can get even more. Even more stabby stab. Yep. And a couple of more characters. Infinite stab. <laughs> what have you been playing then, Rob, besides stabbing? stabbing. Besides stabbing. actually been playing some different stabbing. I'm pl- yeah, I'm playing some games. Uh, I think there's a. Yeah, there's three. There's, I know I'm aware we're running long. Yeah. I'll try and keep these fairly brief. Uh, I gave Team Sonic Racing another shot. <laughs> okay. Oh, you did? For a bit. For quite a short bit. And then I got... Because <laughs> I got stuck. I got stuck on a on a Grand Prix, and I, like, I should probably just drop the difficulty level down. Right. Because I'm still playing it in hard mode. But I just got to a, got to a GP. I could not win. Hmm. Because my AI compatriots are pants. Okay. So, so it led me to start experimenting. Like, I've got to the point where I've got quite a few, like, little things i can modify on the car i can change the parts out and i'm like okay maybe i shouldn't be playing with someone that's just got like the best top speed i can achieve right now because i thought mm. wow well, i just get ahead i'll stay ahead mm. and then and then the mario kart thing happens and everyone just obliterates you on the last lap so you go from first to last right um mm. and that kept happening and it was getting quite annoying and it's like okay well let's try one of the other characters maybe i'll just sort of try and be a bit more mid-rangey and then fight my way at the front it's like no that totally mm. didn't work as well um so I went, eventually went back to my just, let's just be Sonic. Let's just go go max speed. Let's get ahead, which works some of the time. And then my AI companions had come like last. And it's like, and it ranks you on your team. So I couldn't win because one of the other teams had always come like second, third, and fourth mm, and right. get all the points. And it's like, this is impossible. Like, what am I supposed to do to actually do this? Well, this, well, and then... That game's shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, finally, we got there. <laughs> it just doesn't... I think you could have said that last time, probably. Yeah, yeah, I know. And I think I did. Like, in not so many... In, in less explicit terms. <laughs> in less explicitly, less explicit. but just... Yeah, just, just, and, and, and a lot more words. It's, it just doesn't work as a single-player experience. It's probably fine in multiplayer, and it's probably... I mean, you can you can play the game with the team mechanics turned off. That's just not how the campaign works. Mm. Mm. Um, yeah. Ugh. What were they thinking? Unless there, if there was some way I could influence the team mechanics more as a single player person, perhaps you know stuff that perhaps you can't do in multiplayer. And I, but I don't even know how that would work in that sort of game. Like it's just. I mean, I assume like logically, if you compared it to like Maricard or whatever, you'd think that. I mean, obviously, it does this in this game, but like the whole point of you being in first is you're just chucking all the all the uh, all the weapons and stuff to your teammates because much, in Mario Kart yeah. you'd just be holding on to them because you're in first and you never use them and you just be, run be, through the pickups and you, nothing happens. Yeah, you'll be waiting for like a defensive one. Yeah, you're just and, carrying and a shell just, or whatever. Yeah, and just hold, hanging out the, out your ass in case some a red shell comes. up. Whereas in this game you're just basically constantly dumping them to your teammates and that's theoretically what's meant to be helping them. <laughs> Boosting your ultimate bar. And I mean, the ultimate bar is the most important strategy, right? In in that game, mm. it's like you you if you keep doing team actions, your ultimate bar builds up faster, and there's the possibility of you getting it two, maybe three times a race. 
and it's you like you get to mash X and then the stupid song plays. You don't you don't mash X. Damn it. Yeah, I think you I think you just you just push Y and it goes. Well, no, wait, triangle. Sorry, I'm on a PlayStation controller. Does it, see, um, does it play a stupid song though? It does. Oh good. It does, plays, does it a per team? It's a per team oh, song. Good. The team Sonic. So if you're so if you're the team with silver and it plays Silver's theme. No, it's but like, it's not a new one. No. It's it, it's a sort of remix. Remix, but yeah. But they're very short, like you know, well, actually, yes. as you expect. Like, what song does Team Sonic use? Can't actually remember. <laughs> Damn it! Presumably, it's not fist bump then, if because you probably would remember that. <laughs> no, no, it's not that. It's, it's definitely not that. Yeah, that's annoying. I can't actually remember. I only really remember Silver's theme because it's like there was the, there was the one like, oh, you actually picked that. Oh, okay. <laughs> Fair enough. I guess it's always the speedy characters one that they get chosen. So like something to do the with Amy, character. something to do with. No, wait. But Silver is Team Blaze. Yeah, I don't know. I'm confused. Well, yeah. Well, I guess Silver would be and, with and, Blaze. And, 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 and Blaze is the speed character. So maybe it's actually per character you're playing as. Right. So whoever's triggered it. Yeah, I might need to. We might need. I might need to revisit it. To find <laughs> out. Just find out. I won't. No. You shouldn't. I shouldn't. It's a bad <laughs> game. I mean, there's one bit of music that's I I haven't been totally impressed with the new music anyway. Like it's, it's, it's it doesn't seem very good. Apart from the like drum and bass version of the main theme, they have relegated to the loadout screen. So when you're <laughs> so when you're like building your cars up and stuff, and you get this like 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 slightly better version of the main theme and it's like that's actually quite well done and it's like but it's relegated to this menu (laughs) it's it's so strange it does that thing where a lot of the menu pages like have different music for some reason right (laughs) get some chow garden theme going I don't know, again, don't think I've heard the Chow Garden theme. Even though, although I should probably play as the Chows and, and fire an ultimate to see what the hell they have. Oh, yeah. The, the Chow race music. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I would laugh so hard if it was like, like if somehow, somewhere, they managed to factor in like the um, the violin minigame music from Sonic and the Seven Rings. <laughs> no, I don't think so, somehow. <laughs> Anywho, there's that. PlayStation Plus game. <laughs> Getting my money's worth. Um, I guess. Uh, yeah, I've, uh, I've, I've now finished Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay, I yeah, that, that you were quite enjoying. Well, yeah, I think. it was, ended up being a bit, um, a fair amount longer than I was expecting. Like, it's not, it's not like a tight eight, it's more like a tight 15. <laughs> Right, um, yeah, but it's but it's but it keeps the the same thing all the way through. It's like it's a it's a it's a linear experience all the way through. There are there are choices you can make, and um, I think there. I mean, there are a couple of there is a at least one character in the credit sequence where it's just like I have no idea who that is. I'm pretty certain I didn't meet that guy. And there are bits during like there's a bit of the credit sequence that's sort of like animated and there's an altercation between star lord and some guy that i'm assuming is this character i don't didn't that i don't know and i'm like that never happened Mm. um so yeah i guess there are choices that matter in that thing um maybe maybe i don't think it changes like the core direction of the plot i think Mm. that's fairly set in stone but like how those moments play out 
it seems fairly different. Um, and I know that I know I definitely I, I kind of there's one there's one part where I thought that like when you first visit nowhere, um, which is like the celestial head that, that from the films, if you've seen those, where it's like the sort of the yeah. shady place, the shady place. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So the first time I visited there, like you, it's like it's the only point in the game where you have money for some reason, and uh, it's like I thought, well, I better hold on to this money. That seems kind of important. Like, why would it suddenly be like suggesting that I that I do things like that now? It never matters again past that point. There's like one moment oh, where weird. it potentially matters later on. Like, if you have have a certain amount of cash, it would probably make a difference. But um, but it meant that I didn't really engage in the systems there because I thought it's like, well, I'll probably be back here, right? <laughs> there seems like a lot of things I could potentially well, I don't want to spend here. all my money now. Exactly. I probably want to save up for something, right? I mean, that's why you never come back. Like, yeah. You, like, what's that? Just top tip. Like, you could you could probably spend most of your money. There's a whole thing about having to pay a fine that that I ended up not doing, and that ended up changing the 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 the, the final end sequence. Because I didn't pay my fine, uh, it's like yeah, it's. <clears throat> I, I really enjoyed it. Like um, yeah, I, I I think that I think the gameplay remained sim- fairly simplistic all the way through, um, but the focus on. The focus on the on a narrative and a linear campaign felt really really good. As, as I said last time, it's like it's it's kind of refreshing because you don't you just don't get that many of these these days, where it's um. No, it's it's just trying to give a nice tight experience, and it achieves it. It's um, I mean, if I was, it's quite easy to nitpick like on it because of the simplicity. Um, in some ways, it's like, hey, I don't think the presentation is perfect. There's quite a lot of moments where stuff goes a little wrong. Um, for instance, like there are moments where during the cutscenes there are bits that are quite close to characters and their hands and things like that, and it seems like they don't have the animation accuracy. Like there's a, like a granularity that's not quite low enough, so you can see sort of things like slightly jittering, and it's like uh, okay, maybe that would have been not so visible in the quality modes that only run at 30 fps, mm. um, or the new ray tracing mode that got added to it. Um, which also runs at 30 FPS, rendering the previous quality mode pretty useless. You like run it in ray tracing mode. What are you doing? Sure. Um, but I, I preferred it in performance mode. But um, but yeah, maybe that stuff would have been yeah hidden. I guess if you're playing at those frame rates. But yeah, you can sort of see it mm. jitter around at spots. Sometimes when the camera switched, um, you'd get like a little moment where the lighting adjusted like over a few frames. Like I guess mm. maybe for different camera shots they were using different lighting rigs, which it wouldn't be unusual for mm. things like that to try and put like a hero light behind the character and things yeah. like that. You know, they're doing proper scene design um, to to plan this stuff. But yeah, you can sort of see it shift weirdly, um, or maybe that's an artifact of TAA, something like that. Who knows? Um, and. The the kind of talk I would say like the actual that you know the problem I mentioned last time of characters seemingly talking over each other or like the line delivery pacing being off I think that actually got better as the game went on and things became a little more calm it calmed down to the point where that stuff kind of didn't wasn't a problem so much towards the back half you still had moments where there was they had so much to say that you would be pressing through the level and you'd press up to a point where like 
whatever they were saying gets cut off by the bit of speech that they need to be now talking about. That happens all the time. Like, you know, you go f- you go through one of those, like, fin squeeze walls and you squeeze your way through it, but, like, halfway through the wall, it now triggers the next conversation they need to be having as they're walking out into the area, therefore cutting off the conversation they were just having. Um, that still happens quite a bit. They've just got too much to say, that's all it is. Mm. And there are, there are certain bits where they're... they're Perhaps didn't record enough lines because they're saying them quite a lot. Um, that's quite common as well. So you get quite a lot of repeats in spots. But on that front, I'm like, yeah, that's those are quite small. Um, what is a bigger deal is I encountered quite a large number of bugs. <laughs> um, like the game effect, the game soft locked on me once. Um, so like total like not not a, not a full on crash. It just stopped, and so I had to exit out fully and come back in. Um, I had plenty. That's what soft lock. Is that what soft lock is? Like was I, I thought soft lock was the game freezes, but you're like console hardware is still uh, running. Uh, yeah, I guess that's that is a kind of soft lock because I would have said soft lock is when something happens that breaks the way you interact with the game. So like you get stuck in an animation, but you can't get out. Oh, That's okay. like a soft log. In which case, I had several of those. <laughs> you had um, them as well. Yeah. So I, okay, I had I had a game freeze, but I could get out of it using the Xbox menu to reload. That's 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 what I meant by a soft lock. But yeah, I guess I guess that's probably, yeah, that probably maybe is that's a hard lock. Actually. Maybe that's maybe that's just a lock. It's lock. like you're resetting the system. Yeah. It's like if it's just not a console. Yeah. If it was the snares, you would be just hitting the reset button. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Not not a console killing lock, but like a lock done the same. Yeah, yeah. I had that happen once. Um, fortunately, the game checkpoints like frequently enough that it put me like thirty seconds before where I was. So that's that's not a problem. Um, well, it's a problem, but it's not <laughs> not a deal breaker. Um, I had plenty of cutscenes that had a soft lock. Then right, like where you'd. You'd be walking through the cutscene, or it would be like a cutscene with a little bit of interaction, like you'd press to walk forward or something while they're having a chat and things are happening. Right, and then it would never trigger the next part of the sequence. So I'd walk, I'd get to a certain point along the corridor, and everyone would just stop and start start sort of like doing an idle animation, and then it'd be like, "All right, that is definitely an old school one." That, that happened a lot. There was quite a few moments where I encountered one of these where it just wouldn't progress. I wonder if that um, could even be frame rate related. I mean, maybe. Yeah. Well, you, you'd skipped over the frame that should have been the trigger, because like, that would be the other way if it was a slower frame rate. Yeah. You'd expect that. I mean, maybe it had less time to trigger the script and so deprioritized it in performance. But I mean, yeah, who knows how their engine works yeah. um, and how their scripting works. Um, but yeah, that, that happened a fair amount. Um, it happened in the very last sequence of the game. So I made a choice that I think ended up being the wrong choice in terms of like ultimate victory. And it was like, oh, this is really, really bad. This is all going dramatic. And then the game just sort of, everyone just starts standing there for a moment. <laughs> like the, like the, the big bad is doing like an idle animation as if, as if everything's like, and we all just, we start folding our arms, just standing there going. <laughs> it was really odd. So I, re- so I re- reloaded and made the different choice and that sequence played out entirely differently. Mm. Oh, really? Okay. Um, yeah, it's a little bit buggy. The best bug, though, that I took, a, took that I used the photo mode of the game to capture, and I might have to show you this, was when a random character during a like during a, there, there are segments, quite a few segments where you're just on the Milano, just talking to your crewmates before you have the opportunity to you know go to the 
captain's chair or whatever and then say like okay let's carry on let's go do the next bit yeah and uh uh there was one time where there was just a random dude on my ship <laughs> just standing in in front of the cockpit area i have no idea who this guy is <laughs> maybe that was the guy from the other thing the I, credit sequence. I eventually figured out by looking at the bios like who he was, but there was absolutely no reason for him to be on the ship. No one acknowledged his presence. Well, of course not. And he, was just, he was just standing there, just on a, in a casual, again, another idol animation. Just like, who is this guy? Why, why is he even here? Like, Gnome was in the room at the time, and even she was like, who's that guy? <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't really pay attention to games like that I'm playing all that much, but even she saw, she saw this guy and was just like, Who's that? Right. <laughs> and I'm like, I have no idea. I mean, we can only assume that he's meant to appear in some sequence on the ship and therefore he the model must be loaded somewhere, yeah, off, somewhere. off the grid and then they just put him in the wrong place. Yeah, because I went back and I figured out who he was. There's basically there's a section early on in the game where you encounter a prisoner in a cell and you could push some buttons for, to make something happen. Right. And, and the last I saw of him was him descending into a floor. Um, after I pushed a thing and he's like, all right, mate, see you later, bye, as Star-Lord would probably do. Yep. And that was the last I saw of this guy. And that was the last time the narrative specifically picked him up. And it was that guy that ended up on my ship somehow. <laughs> that was hilarious. It didn't actually break anything at all. I just had to walk around him and then and then press the button in the cockpit. And then he was never seen again. Maybe he, was meant, maybe he was meant to be like a stowaway or something and you were meant to discover he was hiding somewhere in the ship. Yeah. But then it, it just bugged out and just put his model in the middle of the room. Yeah, or maybe, maybe there's some sequence where, yeah, that I missed, like in that, in that bit where he is a prisoner or something that it could have played out differently and thus I would have had a sequence at that point in the game. Some, some fun stuff. Yep. And it's... Um, uh, I mean, one of its more fun things is like it has a has like a superpower like meter that builds up over time as you're like doing thing uh doing team actions and you press both the bumpers and it goes into huddle mode and he just he raises his walkman in the air and the team he goes huddle up team and they have a little chat about how well or badly they think the like in the middle of a fight they just <laughs> stop and have a chat um it's a very guarded to the galaxy thing i suppose and they're like this is going really well or this is going badly and then you have a chance to respond with a couple of options to be like like uh, reacting to what they say is the idea. It's like if you don't react to what they say and just say something, then you get powered up and everyone else is is left alone. If you if you pick the right option, everyone on your team gets powered up and gets high damage at a time. And then some eighties music plays, and you're like, hell yeah! Um, it is, it, it, yeah, it's quite funny. The middle of like the, some of the game's most dramatic moments to suddenly change it to Rick Astley. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, is that included yeah. oh yeah yeah it's in the soundtrack it's like a sweet um, it's got quite a good i mean as you would expect it's got quite a good 80s classic soundtrack um, nice that's littered about the place and some and some new stuff they written for uh um fictional band star lord um some new stuff they written yeah it's new stuff they written that's <laughs> sweet <yeah. laughs> oh boy they written stuff <laughs> Star Lord <laughs> sounds good. Yeah, I I really enjoyed it. I think it's definitely worth worth your time. Um, cool. I think it's yeah. A bit uh, perhaps they perhaps should have spent maybe a little longer on the actual gameplay. Perhaps make it give it a little more depth. But 
wives. I enjoyed it, and that's all it that matters. I don't Marvel's care whether you enjoy Guardians it or not. Of the galaxy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Enjoy it or don't. <laughs> uh, uh, it's not shit like Sonic Team Racing or Team Sonic Racing. Yeah. Team, sorry, Team Sonic Racing. Yeah, worth your time. Uh, and also, like I said before, I want to see. I want to see more games in this style. They don't have to be as long as this. Yeah, they they really don't. You could make something half its length, and it would be acceptable. Um, but it's a great fit for the Game Pass model. I think this sort of game. yeah, like a mini series in game form. Yeah, oh, I won't go as far as saying episodic. <laughs> I'm not gonna. Yeah, don't go that far. No, don't. You don't need to do that with games. No. But there's mini series is a ba- are barely episodic, even on TV. They're basically long films, <laughs> quite a lot of the time. But I think yeah, Game Pass and this style of subscription lends itself to the tight eight. Bring back the tight eight campaign. Now's the, now's the time. Tight eight. It's re- the tight eight returns. Attack on tight eight. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So once I finished that, I've started playing Tunic. Oh, after sneaking that into your uh, sneaking your into my league, my league uh, yeah. thing. Uh, yeah, I haven't actually checked out how that's how that's reviewed and how that's benefited oh, my well. team. I think um, pretty well. <laughs> I'm also quite digging this. I'm having a good run. Um, Tunic's pretty cool. Um, mm. So it's uh, heavily Zelda inspired, but I mean, we talked about this in August last year when I played the demo version of it, um, which was kind of a cut and stitch of some of the early areas of the game um i don't think the demo as a result is super representative i think i think like things have been tightened up since then and the flow of the game is better for not just stitching those bits together if you see what i mean to make the demo like it's better that it's better not that way um Mm. so uh yeah it's a sort of isometric viewpoint zelda-esque experience but it also it's sort of playing the hyperlight drifter and fez card at the same time uh where it's it's light on the english and it's light on the explanation um so you're having to feel your way around the world like dialogue boxes and things that pop up are generally written in this like runic style language so you have no idea really what you're agreeing to like every time you pick every time you pick something up it puts like a yes no dialogue on screen and that's the only bit you can read is the yes no everything else is just like rune 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 question mark and it's like oh, okay um it, like think there are things i've found in the world which i interact with all i see is rune 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 question mark and then an okay button and it's just like okay i have no idea what this means um uh, so the way the game like it, it tries to explain itself to you is is genius um you find scattered around the, the world as coll- as a collectible item pages to an instruction book that are like presented like an old an old video game basically like an old like almost like an old strategy guide like a nintendo power style strategy guide kind of thing so you're finding pages for this thing that are also mostly written in runic language um mm-hmm. but have the odd bit of english scattered about and you can uh and you're using you're sort of using this instruction book that you're you're finding to sort of piece together gameplay mechanics or like reading certain graphics in it to be like oh i can do that to do that and it's it's super cool. It's like a it's like a hint system, but without being, but just presented in a different way. Oh, that's clever. Yeah, I'm I'm really into it. Um, 
I think it's harder as overall I think the game is harder than you might expect the combat is quite tough um but I found that from the demo as well it's um it's kind of like like it's an animation first combat system so like if you're in a little bit like Dark Souls I guess like you have a stamina meter and things like that but sort of in the I guess Hyperlight was similar to this as well actually um in the like if you if you've pressed the attack button, you're committing to that attack. Like you can't, you do have a dodge roll, but you can't dodge roll if you're in the middle of Once some other action. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. So timing is critical, but also everything else moves quite fast. So like being surrounded is a real problem. Having multiple enemies is often a problem. Fighting one on one, not too bad. Um. If you get like three crocodiles on your ass you're in trouble man those crocodiles are bastards i hate them mm. they're so fast um uh like i had a load of spiders that surprised me at one point and it's like oh god this is a real problem there's like eight of these guys and i'm having to actually like <laughs> literally kite them into a corridor so i have any chance of fighting them effectively um mm. i was a bit underpowered at that point um for for, for going to that i suppose but it was um so yeah, the combat system is quite punishing as a result. Like if you, if you get hit, you can you don't have much of an invulnerability window if you get hit. So you can get hit over and over and over um, uh, if you're unlucky. And and if you die, you go back to the save point, and almost all your progress is lost. Like well, I say that you're like you, you obviously you lose your position, which is the most important thing because it's about exploration mm-hmm. and it's about going about the world. But um, you lose a little bit of money as a, as a result of that, and you also but you do keep key items that you picked up in the way. So there's been a couple of times where I've cheesed that and been like... Just grab the item and die. <laughs> yep, absolutely. And it's like I've kept the item and it's like, you know what? The amount of money I've lost from that run, I don't care about. I'm just, I'm not going to corpse run that because you can do that as well. Um, I'm just, I'm just going to go to where I need this key that I just picked up and died from. <laughs> I'm just, mm. just going to do that because there were, just, there were just moments where this game is hard. Mm. Yeah. Is that how that works in Dark Souls? I guess it must be, right? Because you drop souls. Yeah. But I don't think you drop any items ever. Right. So if you so you could go somewhere, get the item you want, die, and then you'd be alright. Yeah. You, yeah you're, not, you're not obliged to corpse run. Because I don't think because I don't think it's when you die and respawn, I think it, it is a respawn. It's not like going back in time. Right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like a hard reload. So I think that no. may be how that works in Dark Souls, which I've just never thought about, even though I played mm. Dark Souls. But I didn't play enough Dark Souls. <laughs> right, yeah. You played a bit of Dark Souls. Yeah. But uh, yes, you have the money is like the soul equivalent, basically, because you're spending yeah. it on your upgrades as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, you spend it to, to, to upgrade, which is also something you have to learn from the manual, how that works. Um and they don't. They, they, the 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 things you're upgrading start as question marks until you've upgraded them once, and then it reveals what they actually are. Um, I mean, there's there's systems at play that I don't fully understand yet. There's there's definitely items that I've got that I'd like. What the what on earth is this? I don't know what that is. And those bits of the manual that I've found are so far just nothing but runes. So I still don't know what they are. Um, and there's bits in the manual where it says, look at page 20, and it's like, I haven't got page 20 yet, goddammit. <laughs> so I don't know what you're... T- I still can't learn what you're talking about. Um, I, I, yeah, it's pretty cool. Like, 
and it looks great. The presentation is fantastic. Um, it's got yeah, a sort of it's, it's got beautiful. a very ethereal electronica ish sort of music style to it uh, that's kind of evoking that that it's not quite disaster piece, you know. It's <laughs> yeah. not quite there, but it's 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 got a little bit of that going on. Um, it's a it's pretty cool, and I don't really know quite how much more to say about it. That is what it is. It's like it's the the mystery is what's yeah is is a is a key part of this experience. The not knowing right. how things work until you either try them and figure it out for yourself, or until you find a bit of a bit of manual that you can sort of decipher into what it is. Yeah, it does, mm. it does seem like it is basically crossing the ideas of Fez and Dark Souls, where it's like Fez mm. is the whole puzzle is working out how everything works in that world, and it's yeah. never it's never explained in Fez. You do just have to figure it out yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in, and then in Dark Souls, it's like you have to learn by doing. You have to just try and then die and then come back and try it again until you work out what you have to do. Mm. But then this is like the intersection of those two things. And then presented like Zelda. Yeah, and then looking like Zelda. I mean, sounds great. <laughs> yeah, um, it's pretty addictive. It, it, there's definitely been moments where I've been like, oh, come on, as I've like <laughs> yeah. hit, hit areas of the world that are just really complex, not complex, but like they were just, there's a difficult fight and it's like you obviously sometimes those fights are presented to you before you've really got the tool to deal with it properly like you've got to do that fight mm. once to get through the area and then at the end of it you get the tool that makes that quite easy mm. like or sometimes you've just done stuff in the in a bad order like i really wish i had that magic dagger earlier than i did which can freeze things mm. it's like that would make some of the fights in in the area quite a lot easier um yeah, but you can't you can't use that very much, and it's like now I'm wondering if that thing unlocks secrets. But like, I don't know, I don't know yet. It's like, there's definitely things I can see, and I have absolutely no idea how to get to them. And it's it's one of those. I'm probably gonna have to retread the entire map at some point with skills I found later. Yep. Um, it's cool. I'm enjoying it a lot. Tunic. Tunic. Or not to Nick? <laughs> that Nick. is a question. <laughs> to me, to Nick. <laughs> I'd buy it if I were you and play it because it sounds good. <laughs> or, or you don't or have to. Pass. Yeah. Or Game Pass. Yeah. Or PlayStation Pass. No, wait. <laughs> Game Pass. I mean, it might be end up on PlayStation Pass. I don't know. I don't know yeah. is, is it coming out on any other systems? I think it's out on PlayStation. Hmm. I don't think it's Microsoft exclusive. Can't, don't trust me on that. <laughs> but I, th I think it's come out elsewhere. Righty. That is uh, your games. Uh, I, I think I mentioned I played a bit of the Kirby demo. That was cool. But I think mm. Zach covered that last time. Yeah. We're kind of running I mean, over. You, so you have even less experience with Kirby than I do, probably. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, I do. So have less. Have I did any... play the Game Boy game. Yeah. Like, I mean... <laughs> but I haven't played all the others, no. I mean, I've only really... Like, my Kirby experience is pretty light as well. I think I've only tried, like, one of the Kirby games that's on my SNES Classic. Well, yeah, the, the Kirby game, the Superstar. Oh, I mean, there's two on the SNES Classic. Well, there's, sure. Yeah. But Superstar is the, the weird sort of semi-compilation, but it's also just a Kirby game. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's that one that I've tried. <laughs> yes. And I, I remember watching you play a lot of Kirby back in the day. So it's, yeah, the Game Boy ones. Yeah. 
I just like his dumb victory dances. Yep, <laughs> you got to have the Kimmy victory dances. <laughs> 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 yeah. So play that demo for free on a Switch if you have one, because it's worth a try. On the Switch. Cool. Right, and that's what we've been playing, and that's a podcast. Uh, we've got some videos coming up on uh, YouTube.com slash... Happy Salad Happy Net, Salad. I think it is. <laughs> Happy Salad Net, yeah. Uh, um, including continuation of our Ocarina of Time run-through, plus some others, Steamwell Dig, uh, and uh, probably some more coming. So check out those. There is more, there is more Zelda coming. Yeah. Enjoy that, Check Zelda. out... Yeah. Check out our website, happysalad.net, uh, for more of our stuffs. And uh, we'll be back in a couple of weeks with another Salacast. Woo! Goodbye. <laughs>